And welcome back to Podcorn in a Movie. It's a podcast where we do deep dives into various categories, series, or themes. And today we are starting a brand new mini-series on corporate biopics. And to kickstart this mini-series, we'll start off with the 2010 film directed by David Fincher, The Social Network, starring Jesse Eisenberg. I am your host, Stephen Dillard, joined by my co-hosts. Chase Lano. And David Gio. Welcome back, listeners. After a brief hiatus, here we are. You know, we're back. We're ready for uh we're ready to tackle the new year. I think I think we haven't we haven't uh we haven't had an episode since last year. Is that correct, boys? Yes, that is that is true. It's been yeah, it's been over a month, I think, right? Yeah, yeah, it has it's been, been almost yeah. two, hasn't it? No, we did one in December. Okay. We did do one in December, yeah. Um, but yeah, this is uh, the, this was technically my choice for the mini series this time, and I decided, you know what, I, I was in a big mood last year with corporate biopics, and I'm like, you know, it would be kind of nice to go back and kind of see the evolution of corporate biopics. And you know, I it, it was you, Dave, that said Social Network was the basis of what a corporate biopic is, right? Yeah, I feel like it 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 invented the genre as we know it today. Uh, there's definitely you can nitpick and find a, probably like a dozen, you know, maybe yeah. more of uh, movies that are based around a product being made. But I feel like in the decade we've seen, decade and a half that we've seen since this movie, people have been trying to capture this, and I think uh, I like what it created too. Um, I don't know. I guess I'm a sucker for for the corporations. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that's one thing I wanted to bring up about this whole mini series is we're gonna be like, yeah, McDonald's and stuff. But uh, you know, I don't want to. We're not just like blindly supporting all these things. We just, I really think this, um, you know, the story genre needs to, is fascinating. And you know what is probably a big part of it is, um. Well, we all grew up watching biopics in general, and typically those are like something our parents or maybe even our grandparents, like before our parents' time, are like, oh, you know, I remember this happening or whatever. And the corporate biopic seems to be like this wave of things that were like, oh, this happened like in my lifetime. Yeah, I was alive. I remember this. Like, and it's and it's kind of seeing like the pop not even the pop culture relevance, but the relevance relevance, like, you know, impact on the world that certain stupid products have had um, through our lifetime that we've seen develop. Uh, and this movie was like the first ever that like, you know, I was like making a Facebook movie. You know, I rolled my eyes at it for sure at first. Um, and then I, you know, got to know the talent involved and was like, Oh, what is Do you guys this? Remember your first viewing? I uh, yes, yes. I saw it in theaters with a group of friends, probably opening night. I remember the trailer more. Um, uh, what's the song? Freak? Uh, I'm a freak, I'm a weirdo. What a is creep. it? Oh, uh, creep. 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 I'm a creep, not freak. Uh, radio uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that is sung by like a children's chorus, like in the trailer for this movie. And I just saw that like this was a huge time with my friends and I just going to the theaters all the time. And I saw this trailer over and over and over. And I kind of never got sick of it, to be honest. Like I was always like, 
why does this Facebook movie feel so goddamn epic before it's even out, you know, and it wasn't a really revealing trailer or anything. Um, I I remember, yeah, I I do remember my first viewing. Um, not that vividly, uh, but I do remember I saw it in theaters. Um, and I saw it with a friend, not sure which friend. Sorry to that friend if they're listening, and they're like, I I saw it with you. Um, but I do remember, I do uh recall leaving the theater like I don't think I've seen something quite like that before, or like this is seems almost genre defining, or it seems like like David said like. It seemed like a biopic, but not like a like I've never heard of this corporate biopic. I haven't heard of that term until like last year. Um, and I knew what type of movie it was, but I didn't have like a name for it. It was the two of you. This is kind of like the classic monster movie month for me, whereas you guys are way more uh, well versed in this. Um, there's a couple on our list that I haven't seen, so I'm excited. But this month is going to be very fresh for me. I feel like I'm going to learn a lot. Um, but yeah, I remember leaving the theater being like, I don't know what that was. Uh, but I liked it uh, and I enjoyed it. And I think it began my, um, again, I didn't know Sorkin at this time, but that kind of fast talking dialogue. And sometimes you have people kind of talking over each other. And it's like you have moments in a movie that there's they're panic inducing and it's just two people having a conversation. But for some reason, the way it's filmed and the way they're talking, it's panic inducing. Mm. Um, and I liked it. I was like, this is really cool because it feels so real or so grounded. And it's not like, I'm saying my line. Now I'm waiting for you to say your line. Everything's so quick. And it's like yeah. everyone's speaking with such intellect. So um, much jargon too. Yeah. You know? and so much You're jargon. Like, yeah. oh, a lot fuck. of stuff. And like, I'm, like, I'm going to sit here and tell you guys as a humble man, like there's a lot of stuff that goes over my head when they're in the I love that stuff too. But, like, but I, I, yeah, I yeah. appreciate it. I appreciate <laughs> it. Um, but anyway, yeah, that was my first experience, Chase. That That is what I remember is is leaving and feeling like that. I uh, I think I've said my first viewing of this at least multiple times. I don't know if I said it on the podcast, but uh, it was it was one of the first ever movies that I went with my dad and my siblings, and I was probably what twelve when the movie came out, and it was during the party scene of when he's actually making face smash. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm, yeah, it was like girls were kissing, and my dad felt uncomfortable that he brought his kids to it. So he made me take. I'm thinking my, your siblings yeah. would have been even younger than you too. So I had to take my siblings to another movie while he got to finish the Social Network without me, and I was so Just pissed like, get off. Get out of here! And I remember I would always be like, "Dad, I had to go take him to Owls of Cahool," and he's like, "Well, I just got to see the Social Network, and it was amazing." I'm like, can we go see it next week? And he goes, "Nah, you'll just see it when we buy it on DVD. Like, you'll just have to wait." So I watched like the first like what 10, 15 minutes of the movie in theaters and then i had to wait until it actually came out to see the rest of it but uh i loved it i remember it was like the best way i explained it was it kind of felt like you were saying like there's a lot of jargon that it kind of felt like you were watching it live like it was kind Mm -hmm. of like a documentary in a way but not really like Mm -hmm. it was the closest thing that didn't seem over scripted or overwritten and I remember just falling in love with it. I love the soundtrack and I know we'll go into it, but I, I just, I remember when I was young, I loved this movie. This movie was just like, this is exactly what I wanted. Like, and I'm, I'm really excited to talk about it today. I know uh, last night, Steve and I watched it together and that was probably one of the coolest viewings. Cause I caught way more this time. 
than I thought I would. Yeah. Also watching it through that. I love when we do a new mini series. Cause it's like, uh, even if I've seen the movie a hundred times, the movie that mm. we're covering, you're watching it through a new lens. Like I'm going to cover this in a podcast and we're, we're following a theme or category or genre. So like, I'm going to watch it through that lens this time. And, uh, I, I agree. Especially like this, the, say, no, I was just going to say this was pleasurable to me in a different way this time. Cause I'm yeah. like, Oh man, like this is, I'm really getting the meat and potatoes about, uh, of what, like, a. This is this is like Chase introduced it. Uh, it's the foundation of what mm -hmm. we're covering going forward. So um, it's a good pick. Yeah. And I just love watching like the first in a series for us because it's just like, I don't know, start to scratch away at a thesis on like what what makes these movies these movies. I will uh, say like my personal bias, I think that this is the best one. So like. Like, I, I feel like it only goes down, but I love them all. Like, I like a lot of them, at least. Uh, but I just think this movie is so perfect. And now, do you think this is the best one due to the fact that Wait, it seems I, hold on. like a biopic? You, you, do a... you not know what the next potential movie we're going to cover? Because I feel like oh, you're, you're putting this I movie mean, over something else that is like... I, if we but, do, if we do the Wolf of Wall Street, okay, I like okay, that movie yes. more. Uh, but, but yes, as a corporate biopic. Yes. Yeah, because we'll have to again. If we okay. do do that movie, we're going to be doing some some loops and hoops to like kind of loop. Well, there's know, there's to bring two potentials. it into the genre, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Um, we have two on the list that potentially fit yeah. that mold. Uh, but yeah, the we big we sure as well. Yes. 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 Um, but uh, so. This movie, I think it's just like a perfect storm of things. And uh, I, it's weird because when I first saw it, I just knew how much I liked it. And then I remember kind of even being surprised that I was like, wow, it's like being taken so seriously. Probably before I even saw it. I don't know if it was like festivals or whatever. But it was nominated like the full sweep, you know, like actually not only in one acting category, which I think change nothing about this movie nothing about the performance if this movie was made five years later andrew garfield there's no doubt in my mind he would have been uh dominated i think he's for just he's so good in this movie and he gets like better the more i watch it every performance gets just better the, but it, it, this whole movie gets better and better and better each time and i think it's because i'm like coming closer to defining why i like it so much and uh this year, I, I've already said, uh, like on a previous podcast, but I rewatched all Finchers and I rewatched The Social Network like two months ago. And last night I was like, ah, I, I don't think I'm going to rewatch it. I'm just going to do the commentary. So I go on the disc and then I just see like two commentaries and it's David Fincher and Aaron Sorkin and the cast. I was like, God damn, that like they both sound so good. So I watched the David Fincher one last night. Um and uh that was awesome and just gave me so much insight into like Yeah, I wanted to know what you thought of it because this guy one that got to uh watch the commentary. Yeah. So I after watching the commentary, I was like, I woke up today and was like, ah, I don't feel like I watched the movie, you know, like I was so honed in on the commentary in this movie. So dialogue heavy that I was like, mm -hmm. I got to watch it. So then I watched it. And then I was like, I got to watch uh, or I actually started this last night. I started I got like 36 minutes into the Aaron Sorkin and the cast, uh, which is a weird commentary because. It goes from Aaron Sorkin is not in the same room. 
Jesse Eisenberg uh, is, is not, not in, in the same, same room. Yeah, I've listened to some that are like this. It's weird. Uh, and then it's Army Hammer, Andrew Garfield, and um, feel bad. I can't remember this guy's name, but uh, he's the other uh, Winkle Voss, basically. Oh, he's it's it's Tyler. Uh, it's, no, it's jo I thought it was Josh Pence. Josh Josh Pence. Yes. Yeah, Josh Pence. Yeah. Uh, which was so weird hearing him because he is so involved in this movie, and I never realized that until listening to the Fincher commentary. Um, was. He is like he's just such a test technical mastermind, and hearing him talk about this craft of filmmaking is like a joy. I'm like, and this is the first one I've ever listened to him, and I'm like, I gotta do this. Like every one that I have available, I'm gonna do. But um, he's talking about the what goes into the twins, and it's like incredible. Like it, it really is. Like, but that's like back to my point is like I, I just feel like that hearing everyone talk about this movie in a way of everything is so precise and like the dialogue is so precise the shots are so thought of and precise like mm. creative too very creative the, the yeah and camera movement in this film is just and the workaround like one yeah. of the in the silliest things too like you know that intro with that beautiful score that will get the score but uh sorry to talk it so much but oh, keep going, keep going, when bro. Jesse Eisenberg is running across the campus, he there is a scene where he's sprinting, and I think it's the violin scene. Um, that Jesse Eisenberg says that the costume designer made a special gap uh, sweatshirt for him that was gap written backwards yep. because the scene is reversed because Fincher is yep. just like, I just I like the way this looks, looks in reverse, you know, like and it's like. That scene what? is like you know, like maybe five seconds long, you know. And, uh, so the first, I I had seen. I'm not cutting. Sorry, go. No, no, no. I no, want to no, build. I, on, I, yeah, no, I wanted to build on what you just speak for. A while. I do want to build on what you just said because I saw that. Um, the reason why I was shaking my head when you were describing that is like I knew this part of it. Um, and I don't know if it was from the. It wasn't from the DVD. Actually, it had to be from like a YouTube video. But it was um. Uh, famous scenes that you didn't know were played in reverse and that was one of them but the i guess the famous one that i always knew since i was a kid is the carry scene at i the don't think carry. it's reverse though i it's, think it's, it's not mirrored it's, it's oh it's just mirrored yes, okay yes, okay yes. well maybe i'm 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 uh yeah maybe i'm i'm misremembering but uh the the scene that that's I what i meant when i said reverse sorry. i thought you meant it was played backwards yeah. okay yeah. um for that's some reason i didn't know this is written backwards because it's mirrored like mirrored it's, mirrored yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. Well, that, uh, that just bombed my entire uh, speech. So, um, <laughs> moving on, but I thought I was, uh, I do like the, the creativity in this movie. Just the, again, I, there's a lot of talking it's like, but if the camera movement is creative enough, uh, our, our friend has the famous line, Zach has, uh, they're just talking, yeah. but, um, there is a lot of just talking in this movie, but I am always just so enamored by what's going on on the screen. I think, mm. uh, a lot to do with well the logo direction. is still on the screen and you hear jesse eisenberg like saying the fact you know about the iq the uh, china uh, you know like it, it's like the, the movie hasn't even shown up on the screen and the talking begins and that's like very like sorkin like the idea i think why fincher like like pairing with him is because like his dialogue makes you feel like if you don't pay attention, you're going to be left behind. 
So you're mm. leaning forward and you're like, and if the movie is already starting dialogue before you're even seeing people talk, it's just like immediately you're enamored. Like you're, you're, you're in. Yeah. And that opening and conversation yeah. is just so um, oh, it's, magnetic. It's yeah. so magnetic. And it, it's, well, they're also, they're having an intelligent conversation. It's like, you know, you walk by people at the bar and you walk by different groups and you kind of listen into what each what each couple is talking about. This is the this is the couple where I'd stop and I'd have my back turned and I'd be like, they're talking about something interesting. I want to listen into it. Just because their their conversation is so it's it's shallow, but it's also you can tell it's two intelligent people bouncing off of each other. Um well, I also I they're, really, they're like, ultimately talking about the uh the what club? The um well the about him getting into the uh, it's a final club. The final club, yeah. Finals club. No, finals club. Yeah. Finals. No, it's final club. That he corrects her. He's like, it's yes. not finals club. It's final club. But what I like about that scene club. though is like it really does give you a good understanding of what Mark Zuckerberg is going to be like. Like it, yeah. it gives you like it paints a perfect picture of this is what he's like. This is how he's like. And I really like that at the end of that scene, she's just like, "You're an asshole." And it's yeah. like now he has this underlining thing in the back of his head going, I'm an asshole. I'm just an asshole. Yeah. I love it's not that. Gonna be because girls aren't going to like you because yeah. you're a There's, nerd. It's because you're an asshole. I, I don't want to bring this up already, Chase, but I think I know, I know. what you're telling me. And yes. the car, is it? Does it have to do with this? Yes. I'll ask the yes. question yes. later because yes. I know what it is. And yes. it's an ultimate question about was this what it was all about? Let's go to that later, though. Mm. Um, there's so well, much I want to talk about. I think about. it's important to separate this movie from Mark Zuckerberg. Uh, Me too. Me well, too. Agree. I think that, like, it's, I, and it's not totally fabricated at all. Like, so much of this comes from actual transcripts. Like, you know, and, Sorkin and, talks about how he basically got that blog word for word from when he went home and created Face Mash and was blogging. He was like, uh, Zuckerberg wrote it for me kind of you know like and i don't they did change the name though the, i believe the, yes the, the most of fabricated the parts Albright. of these movies is her character like um and i think that is just too juicy of a storytelling device to ignore you know I, like well, it's, it's weird because it almost character creates a billion dollar company well, out of pettiness you know like it's, i was okay, it's well, let me, i like, guess let's just dive into it then I, uh, I'll, I'll dive into the question but my question at the end of the movie was to chase uh, like as the credits are rolling and i was like so did he do it all for a girl like mm. was this his big motivation and it's like it's hard to take that care because like obviously the character is real erica albright's not really your name uh we don't i mean the blog is real like dave just said um i but think if this movie does almost suggest that his entire motivation was pettiness like you just said yeah and it was just like but i kind of well, movie like also I tries like to I don't know if tries to is even the right word. The movie kind of has a forgiveness. The Rashida Jones character is a little bit of like, uh, like the audience surrogate, which is, is like a Sorkin device that he loves to loves use. To use. It's yeah. like someone that is basically like a neutral ground that is observing, yeah. like we are observing. Mm -hmm. And usually Would you, you can explain is... things to the characters. Give me um, another example from another Sorkin movie. Oh, well, I, I think, think that's think interesting. Of, what like you just a, said. a famous West Wing character, Donna, uh, is is a uh, secretary of one of the uh, uh, characters in West Wing, 
and um she is often getting explained things to you know like it she's used as like oh like we don't know what this is and you know but like cousin greg in succession like yeah yes yes like someone that like you can actually get exposition out without it feeling like exposition um but that's not you know i, I don't yeah, want to yeah i don't want to discredit rashida jones because like it's not like she doesn't understand what's going on uh but she is the character that we can use for you know, like she's looking at him in a way that like, I don't know, I guess other characters aren't. Um, and she does kind of give that audience forgiveness at the end of like, you're not an asshole. You're just trying to trying, be, you just know, trying to be um, trying so hard to be or whatever. She's Yeah, um, she's good. By the way. I think the the performances in this movie are uh, also for how big the cast was. Yeah. The, well, you start the movie with Rooney Mara. Sitting across from Jesse Eisenberg. Yeah. You already knew Jesse Eisenberg was it, but I was in it. But I mean, if you're, you know, a Rooney, Rooney Mara fan, is like relatively new onto the scene. Right. Because she was like, oh, yeah. five, I think was one of her big I'm movies. Sure. This is five years. No. This What's is the first thing I ever saw. Right? Okay. Um, so um, I believe. Yeah. I think it might have been for me too. Um, actually. I'm curious. Um, but yeah, she was fresh on the scene. But now, I mean, like looking back at the person season, that, like we get is Dakota Johnson, who is like really new on the scene. This mm -hmm. is before her mother was researching spiders. Yeah, she was the one with Sean Parker, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. The uh, Stanford student. Um, yes. For those of you that don't know, yeah, the uh, when Justin Timber when you first introduced to Justin Timberlake, I don't know if because I didn't recognize her um, the first time I'd seen it. This time I did. But uh, for those of you, this is again the first movie I saw her in. Uh, but yeah, she's in it. She's the Stanford student that wakes up and. Sean Parker finds out about the Facebook on her computer um, after sleeping with her. Um, also, Justin Timberlake, like um, we we know he's multi talented, obviously uh, as an artist, um, but the, he can act. He can act, and I mm. I, I like I him. I like him in this movie. I like him in this movie. I think he I I he's, think he I think perfect casting. Yes, too. I just think that uh, there's those roles that are right for people. Like with uh, to piggyback off what Dave just said, perfect casting. But there's yeah, there's certain roles that are just right for people. And it's like, uh, I, my hot take would be, honestly, I, I think that he is the weakest out of the people in the cast. I don't think anyone's weak in the cast. So well, I, don't, I, don't I, I think it's a pretty strong cast period, but oh, yeah. I, I, I personally, I've always thought that his, I, 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 I get that Sean Parker is just a complete asshole and he's supposed to be hated throughout the movie like he's the antagonist not necessarily i feel like he's just supposed to be a presence like a very very big presence you know like at mm -hmm. first and then you kind of just you're supposed to be skeptical like on the side of eduardo obviously yeah. but yeah which makes that um, dinner so interesting because the dynamic in that scene when you have you know andrew garfield brenda scene. song justin timberlake and jesse eisenberg all in one one dinner table which is amazing um but you have the dueling perspectives right because in that scene like you have garfield's character of eduardo obviously being a, the skeptic and being like no like i don't like this guy like why are we listening to this guy and mark zuckerberg being like we need this guy like he's gonna yeah. propel us and we're either one of it's almost like neither one of them are wrong like well it's just that you know i don't know the more i watch this the more i'm like 
uh, Sean Parker's a fucking creep who clearly has like some issues with underage Obviously, girls. Yes, like, yes, yes. All that, like, yes, a, yes. like a recurring demon we like, wanna, towards yeah. the end of the movie. I want to nail but, that home, yes. But uh, I, it's hard to watch this movie and from this movie's perspective, again, like, you know, I've done zero research into the true story of Facebook. Uh, he doesn't seem to be wrong on any front. That's what like, I say. So it's like, like is... he's right. Like in everything that they do is right. Like, you know, like, and at some point I think that he would have been toxic, but skipping to the off. ending, like the power dynamic shifts after Eduardo's fire. Yes. He's basically, that's when Mark steps up and kind of snaps back at Sean for the first time. Because yeah. And I, um, um well, not the first time actually he does it, uh, in the yeah, house. but I feel like that's the he, first time he actually like I I didn't catch that until this viewing is like. But he's sees, really he, like, he's upset that he fired that the yeah. the way he hand well not that he mm. the handling of it he's like you were a little tough on him yeah and I do and I rewound that because like I didn't hear the line when he turns but then he like turns back and he goes you were a little were, tough on him don't you think he and he repeats and it and stands yeah. his ground but, yeah. yeah and uh, uh I just really appreciate that's it's an interesting scene dynamic um. Also, the psychology, like you said, there's that power shift, and you can literally like feel it and see it in the scene. And it's I, like, like it's the body language of both of them. Yeah. Like Justin Timberlake's kind of like, oh, oh, did I just did I mess up? And yes, then, yeah, it's it's like the um, dominoes continue to fall. Obviously, there's for his so many character. like small little things too, like that uh, uh, that you're realizing everyone on set is paying attention to. Like, uh, but the. I feel like we're just at the skipping. No, to the I know, end. I know. Sorry. We'll go back. We'll go back. But the scene, but the scene where um, Andrew Garfield shows up to California, and he was supposed to be picked up by uh, Jesse, mm. um, Mark. Mark. So harsh for you to say. <laughs> I know. Say, I know. Say, <laughs> say names and not actor names, but uh, uh, in that scene, that's when um. Sean Parker is kind of picking on him a little bit. And that's when he's like, uh, you know, making fun of the prospects that he's going after. Like he says, like a tuxedo store or something. Yeah, you gotta, oh, yeah. Something. I heard about that tuxedo Snook, story. Snooky's cookies. Snooky's cookies. And, yeah. and uh, uh, this is something I would have never picked up on, but it's either was Jesse Eisenberg or Justin Timberlake talking during the commentary. And he's like, if you look really, it's Justin Timberlake because he's like really was like into the craft. I was like, oh wow, like this is you know like, um, this is I I really respected how he was talking about it all. But he was like, if you look really closely after I say all that to Eduardo, Jesse looks at me and he's kind of like, you know, you didn't need to say all that like the yeah. Snooky's cookies and like whatever like, yeah. and. Uh, for like the remainder of that scene, like the interaction between um, Mark and Eduardo, it's Sean turns and he's like looking away from, uh, you know, both of them. And it's the way that uh, Justin Timberlake was describing it was like, he's like me and Mark were like close friends and I really liked Mark. I didn't mind shitting on Eduardo, but once I saw that Mark had a problem with it, I got a little self-conscious. Like, and it's just like, mm. I don't know. Like, this and movie I, has like such good think, little micro power dynamic shit going on. That's like, and that's what such. I don't know. 
I think I like you just put the, a pin on part of this movie is about is well, power. I think, you, know, I think like you also the, just put a pin on like what a common theme we're going to experience going forward is that is that uh, that shift because like, I could think of and betrayal of betrayal and losing someone who was once yes. your ally and like now you have different differing views or you're like you know I think of the Steve Jobs scene or I think yes. of um um I will say I'm trying to think ahead real quick but I think this is like one of the more oh, the fascinating founder. the founder yes. I was thinking about that one too there's particular scenes in that where it's just like how you know him and his I wife, think but. this is one of the more fascinating subjects that we're going to cover is Mark Zuckerberg as this character in the movie and Mark Zuckerberg mm. in real life I don't yeah. think he's like a lot of the other characters who have vision and are creative and tend to glob on to doers, like mm -hmm. makers. You know, mm -hmm. they like, you know, like a Steve, the famous Steve Jobs scene of like, what did you actually do? You know, when Waz is like calling him out. Yeah. Um, Why don't you credit the Apple II team? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Zuckerberg is a coder and a creative person and a bit, mm -hmm. you know, like an artist in his own way. Like, you know, he also had, already... had a vision and created this thing. And yeah, what you're about to say, he already created something that Microsoft wanted to buy when mm -hmm. he was in high school. Like, it's like, he's that's, I, I find like a more compelling character and less scummy, actually maybe less compelling and more, you know, less, less scummy. Cause sometimes the scummier I find the better, like Ray mm -hmm. Kroc, uh, from right, the founder yeah. yeah of course he's like someone that sees potential and takes advantage of it rather than creating the potential himself you know mm, uh, mm -hmm. which these are all themes that i can't wait to uh, explore yeah. explore yeah um but yeah i i agree with one of the go ahead you, Jace, yeah you talking about like small little details and like small little like tiny minute things that actually do escalate the story. Uh -huh. I know one of them that I did catch was uh, when they're talking about the chicken story. You see Mark in the bit, like he's like trying to like stop his lawyers from yes. like, bringing it up. Yeah, like, there is those showing that. It's like I don't know. It just shows it. It elevates their friendship in the story because you already know that okay, they're clearly broken up. Something yes. has happened, but you can tell. Well, it's th a little bit more sequence... complicated than that. That sequence is so him. beautiful. That's that's the scene the, the is because scene. he basically like, reveals like, oh, you saying that he was cheating? I'm not saying he was cheating because that's not relevant right now. But you just told me he was cheating. Oops. And then he brings up the chicken thing. Yeah. And then Mordo kind of blows up. And then his lawyer says, actually, we did our you don't think we can find a crimson article or, on our own? Like we brought this up and he fought against it. And that's when Mark goes, oops. Like, Oops. and it's just like, I don't know. It's he's, just, he's so, uh, it's like, I, the thing I like about the deposition scenes, which there's two dep major depositions going on simultaneously, simultaneously another great. very like sorkin thing, but it feels like the Winkle, the Winkle Vosses are, are with like daddy is their lawyer, you know? Yes. Eduardo feels like halfway there. Where his lawyer is like, she feels like she's kind of like mom or like protecting him. And Zuckerberg feels like the opposite, you know, like he's, his, he's his lawyer is like not, he's just kind of there. Like, and he's, yeah, he's the smartest one of the room. Like, That's what I was going to say is I love about what every single scene Jesse Eisenberg is in. And it's, and it, it's, it, 
you have to give the credit to Eisenberg playing. I mean, like, yeah, the character is written, but then you have to play it. And he plays it like every scene I see him in, he's the smartest man in the room. And I believe it. Like, I'm like, especially in the scene where he's like, he turns and he goes, it's it started raining. And he's like, do I have your attention? And then he turns around and he goes on that, that, you know, you have my, you have my slightest bit of attention, but it's yeah. like, you don't deserve it. And you're, and, and, you're, you know, if I'm, your clients want to stand on my shoulders, shoulders yes. and to be tall, yeah it's just like the best and then he, yeah and he, he does that con he's like he's like does that answer your condescending question yeah and then well, he's like, i'll be just so massively condescending to yes. like yes, himself know. but i i do love the way jesse eisenberg plays it which is um to talk about um because he didn't win for this was he nominated i did i i was like i need to go back and investigate 2010 what happened because sorkin won which is great right and but the score not one which is also great yeah. um who is the like uh, uh what's his name? It's a guy from Nine Inch Nails that created Nine Inch Nails is the one that did the score with someone else. Um Trent Reznor and yes. uh the other guy is in Nine Inch Nails. But anyways, um uh it was the King's Speech basically won best picture. I wanna say best director and Colin Firth best actor okay i saw that movie in theaters i was like yeah bravo hmm, yes bravo. king king george or wherever the fuck yeah. he was like i, I don't yeah. know like you know it, it's an incredibly inspirational story um but the lasting and staying power of that movie is nothing compared to what the social network had you know like it's just I feel like the social network is still talked about with such reverence and like look back on and and honestly it's even more of a fascinating time capsule because this happened in 2010 Facebook is only like 6 or 5 to 6 years old at that point like since 2010 Facebook has been like the center point of like revolutions and countries and shit it's like crazy what Facebook became and like you know what Meta is now and all of that but uh that's why there's got to be a social network too. Like Aaron Sorkin has said he's open to it. Uh, if uh, uh, well, well, at the yeah, well, was, I just kept saying, I was like, the imagine Jesse Eisenberg doing the trials. How, how are you able to do that? Uh, Senator, we ran ads. Um, just hearing Jesse Eisenberg like run Senator, through the, the we, he would be so much more so, charismatic yes, than the actual so Zuckerberg though. But um, okay, so that's what um, I'm like. I feel like at first there was some pushback from most people that were the true story of this story and like god damn it like zuckerberg couldn't look any cooler because of this movie compared to what his actual image to us in 2024 is you know like he, so like yeah if he started to, he started to trade now he, he does ufc yeah, he's, he's gonna come for me um, <laughs> yeah, um, well actually but, you know he might said i don't know Seth. So i wanted to bring this up i thought it was uh because something chase asked of what's your memory of this so the movie came out in 2010 uh, I was still working at the mall at this time. And I do remember a conversation with the twins about the poster. Um, and then the poster, the famous poster, you don't get to 500 million friends without making a few enemies. Chase mm -hmm. has that poster in his room. Yep. And I remember the twins and I at this time, like I had a Facebook, they, I don't think they did. Uh, and I was like, that's crazy. I was like, you ever think that you ever think Facebook will reach a billion and all three of us collectively being like, nah, there's no way. Lo and mm -hmm. behold, two years later, two years later, after the movie was released, uh, and I looked it up. Facebook announced it's, you know, we we have reached a billion users, which is just if you think about like one seventh of the world. And I don't know what the current number is, because that was 
obviously you know 12 years ago but um i joined in 2007 just for the sake of this like i went I, back uh, and looked at my first profile picture and clicked on it and it was like i don't know some date in mine, mine was 2008 so you got me by a year uh, dave uh mine was and it was because senior... because a girl like you know like it's what this movie says <laughs> So Chase, what did you what did you say you joined uh, Facebook? You know, I don't know an exact year. I was actually going to go back and try to find when I joined. Is there like an easy way to do that off of Facebook? Well, hey, I just went back to his like, yeah, I assumed when my profile picture existed. Yeah, that's when. That's exactly. when it probably. Like, so yeah, I just probably... go to your profile pictures and then go to your first profile picture and see when it was posted. There should be a date next to okay. the yeah uh, lower left. So my I think... picture is is crazy. Oh, really? Is it? Yeah, it's just like, I'm like a kid. Just like a young lad. I mean, I was only 15, I guess. But, um, but yeah, so like, I don't even know what we were talking about. We just had some technical difficulties. I don't know what we were talking about before the Facebook thing, uh, like getting Facebook, but I, to bounce back onto this theme of like, in 2010, I had had Facebook for only three years, and I'm like, what the hell? Like they're making Facebook. a Facebook movie about, you know, Facebook already. And it just like, I'm trying to think of why I find these corporate biopics as satisfying as I do. And I think it's like, there's so many critics out there that are like, you know, roll their eyes and hate movies that do this, but it's like your average musical biopic. Oh, look at Stevie boy. That's Steve's original wow. profile pic on Facebook. Yeah. Like I had hair. I had like a good hairline back then. Where'd it go? Um, go well, ahead. yeah. Talk about a hairline. <laughs> hey, let me see um, yours. Let me see yours. Put pictures up to the yeah. screen. I want to see it. Uh, Maybe well, we'll I, do this on the Instagram post just so the, uh, the, oh, the just our, listeners can see our original, yeah. our first profile pic. Justin Whoa! Wow. Yeah, look at all that hair. Justin Bieber cut. hair. Oh, gosh. I wish we could. Uh, yeah. yeah. We gotta, maybe, maybe. Post that um, for the listeners. Anyway. But, uh, but, uh, oh, I see that um, picture. Talk about hair. Yeah. yeah. 2011, by the way. Looking like a young William H. Macy. Yeah. If we could only go back in time and steal our hair. Yes. That'd be great. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? I don't know. I do want to talk about the Winklevoss twins because they're the, oh, absolutely. Like, they're yeah. the ones that I my dad knew the story about them going to trial and everything. And that was like the big. Well, I don't think they did go to trial. They they settled it before court. Yeah, they, right? yeah they, I believe that's what the uh, the ending recap said is that their settlement was for what? Uh, yeah, read the number. They were, it was like, they were at the deposition yeah, and then. And then she basically explains to him at the end, you don't want to go to trial. They're going to yeah. come back here and, and do non-disclosure. Yes. You mm -hmm. sign an NDA. Um, so I don't think anything. And it's not trial. like, I mean, if you look at like, um, and I did peep it uh, and I, I won't say the numbers publicly, but if you look at what Mark Zuckerberg is worth and what the Winklevosses are worth, not that the Winklevosses are doing bad, yeah. but I think Zuckerberg was well, smart and just doing the settlement because he's made a ton of money afterwards and he's doing all right doing that's all right. that's what uh david fincher says at the end of this movie is he's basically like listen this isn't like a true story drama about people that were murdered or something right. terrible happened this is a story about a handful of people becoming incredibly rich 
you know, no matter which way you look at it, that's what yeah, it is. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's like, oh, it's like, who? I'm, I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure, that's what, I, I was just about to say, if you ask the Winkle million boss. million dollars in yeah. a settlement for something that you mentioned, you know, like. And it's like they were already, already well, you know. Um, yes, yeah. Well off. Their father Eduardo's, I'm sure, a billionaire as well. Which was like, undisclosed. Like, they did not disclose that number to yeah. us. Um, but but he, I'm sure the settlement was more than the Winkle bosses. Way I'm sure. more than the Winkle Yeah. Which he the probably Winkle has more involvement in Facebook now. I don't know. Maybe. Well, I mean, they said they did say his math, his name was added returned. back. Returned. Yeah. Which I'm guessing it's not there. The, I mean, the mass head kind of doesn't really exist anymore. Well, yeah, it? like you don't pull up Facebook now, and you you don't. I don't see you Mark don't Zuckerberg's see name unless I'm following him, and I don't follow. Um, I don't follow Mark Zuckerberg. I do remember when this movie was announced, and I was like, like Mark Zuckerberg's the main character, and I was just like, he's no Tom. He's <laughs> Tom from MySpace. Yeah, yeah, no Tom from my, Everybody loved Tom. Yeah. He was everybody's. He was everybody's friend. Wait, who's the Zuckerberg guy? Never heard of him. I know Tom. Tom, Tom had I don't even know different... Tom was the creator or anything. It's, I just knew Tom funny. was my first friend on MySpace. Because think about the conflicting ideologies. Where it's like Tom's like, I don't care who you are. I don't even need to know you. I'll be your friend. And then yeah. Mark Zuckerberg's <laughs> like, you have to know them. Well, I, I do <laughs> I do remember like my sister talking about Facebook uh, at, at the time where MySpace existed and Facebook was a college college like, that's college exactly. social network that you that's had what everybody told me it was before. To, like, yeah, it was like that was that was what yeah. I was introduced to it as is it was like, oh, it's the this is the term that I heard thrown around. It's the college MySpace. Yeah, that's what everyone was like. MySpace is high school. It is more Facebook proper. is college. You didn't have um, top eight and. You didn't have music. themed bios with music and like, yeah, yeah, it was all pictures of you and stuff, which you could do on MySpace. But yeah, it was uh, yeah, like like Dave said, a little bit more of a professional uh, MySpace, if you will, which MySpace still exists. That's that's what I was going to say, because uh, that's the thing I find incredibly satisfying in these movies. I was going on this huge rant of like in like musical biopics this thing that I was saying that like critics, I feel like rolled their eyes at. But like with like a band or like queen is just like wait mama mia they're like do that again man do that again that yeah. sound rock uh, you know like and, it's and like then you got the, the music producer calling up there they're, they're yeah. loving it listen it's to sad. this new sound like <laughs> yeah. i'm such a sucker for stupid shit like that like i'm like yeah that's how this was created and i know this thing you know like I, to me, this movie has very little of that, and most of like the the founder is filled with that shit of like yeah, fast fast cheeseburgers and shakes, <laughs> and, uh, but uh, but this seed has the scene with uh, Joseph Mazzello where he's like, hey, you know, he's bugging him about uh, asking him about like, do you know if this girl's single? Like, you know, like he's just people don't walk around with a sign on their then he just like freezes. I love where he runs. That's, he's yeah, like figured it out. That to me is like the one moment in this movie where it's like that's like the guitar riff or whatever yes. that they discovered because I'm like that is such a like integral part to like what Facebook. Became. It's like, yeah, it's like cultural narrative. I don't know what Facebook is now. I mean, it's I do know what it is. It's like it's your meant, aunts and uncles you know. saying crazy political shit, but. Uh, <laughs> But back then it was Spot like, on. what's relationship status? Like that was in the lexicon, you know, like, and it was like, a, it was, it was people probably used the term relationship status before, but this was now referring to 
like, oh, I saw they were single on Facebook. They changed their relationship status what? to like in a relationship, you know, like it was like a like a bragging point or like a shame point or like, you know, it was a crazy time when it's you kinda, think about it. It's but. kind of funny how you think too, like um, Instagram was born of like Facebook roots where it was like, what was the root of Facebook was like, what are your friends doing? Are your friends single? But like, I remember my first Facebook feed being like, you'd see pictures of like, I'm at the beach or I'm, you know, my friends are at the, and then you started getting the check-ins and then Instagram became, let's get rid of all the words like of all the posts and just make it yeah. about pictures. Um, and now, you know, Facebook and Instagram are linked obviously, but uh, I do think that's interesting how um, another social media platform was born of another one's roots, which was just, you know, what are your friends doing? And it's like now yeah. Instagram is just, what are your friends doing? I used to pictures? just say like embarrassing shit on Facebook. Me like, too. And I hate seeing the memories crazy. pop up and I'm like, sometimes I want to delete them. I'm like, how is the dark Knight rises and Avengers not, not nominated for Oscars. Uh, yeah. Best pictures this year. Well, you know what I got? I, I do like that. I now. have this long rant about how Ted and Seth MacFarlane is like the new Mel Brooks. And I'm like, oh, God. I look at one of my first po posts and uh, do you guys remember that? Dave, you might. I don't know if Chase does, depending because this is an old Facebook feature. But do you remember when you it wasn't like what's on your mind? It was like Status your name update. is your name is doing uh, something it was yes, like yeah it was oh, that's how it used yes, to be yeah so that was i remember the first time um i think one of my first posts which i was reminded of it i do like this new feature where it says you can choose to share this memory if you choose not to no one else can see it and it just shows you what you said 10 years ago but one of them was like stephen dillard is new haircut and it doesn't even make sense <laughs> steven dillard is new haircut, new haircut. <laughs> exclamation mark. And i'm like i'm so glad that is uh that nobody else could see that uh but yeah there's embarrassing stuff i don't i you know i i ago. thought it was actually really interesting i as a kid who didn't have facebook when this movie came out i remember i had got facebook i i think i just said it was 2011 so it was a year after uh, I remember I got it because the girl I was seeing, it was like my first girlfriend, and she was like, we need to have our, our status on Facebook. I'm like, I don't have Facebook. And she set it up for me, and I was like, yeah. okay. So, uh, A girl set mine up as well. Yeah, so I, I remember I barely ever used it until, like, I don't know, when I started, like, actually, like, staying out of the house more, going to, like, the mall and stuff, and being like, oh, this is nice, but... Watching the movie last night, I didn't really think of it as think of it as a like a club. Like they're trying to make their own personal final club where it's you get to bring and invite whoever you want, but they're the only people that can actually see your stuff. Which mm -hmm. is like that was that Watching point about you in the movie and stuff. Like I really think that's an awesome idea, and I'm like, this is actually a really cool way of explaining how Facebook worked and how it built itself up to what it mm -hmm. is. well it also again like that's it explains a way why this is a significant creation for whatever reason facebook skyrocketed it was probably because of the exclusivity yeah mm -hmm. but myspace and they say it my how is this any different from myspace, MySpace and friendster, or, and, friendster. Yep. and it's like it's like for what we knew of Facebook, it was just only different kind of aesthetically, but like it, the core values of it when it started was, was that nature of like, you got to be let in, you know, it, it is kind of funny how they said they, there is a line in the movie where they're like unhackable, you know, that it's legit that everybody is who they say. And it's like, not anymore. 
now I get mm. now yeah. I get requests from my uncle like seven times, and I'm like, that's obviously not my hey, uncle because I'm already friends with my uncle. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm already I'm already friends with hacked. you, Uncle <laughs> Uncle Larry. Shout out Uncle Larry who sent me nine requests, and I know it's not actually him. Um, but yeah, like uh, it is hackable now. But um, I also like I was telling Chase while we were watching it, and I was like, isn't it crazy as this is unfolding? Like, um, Facebook it was called the Facebook that, that concept was already a pre-existing concept. It just, you know, like it, it yeah, it was Mark what Zucker colleges blew it their, up. Yeah. They're like, or yeah, their, they're, uh, and you'll kind of see this um, is, a, is another common theme where it's directory like directory or student directory or Yeah. I think there's a line in, is there a line in Blackberry? And I, I might be misremembering. They it, say but, drop the, the, Drop the the, drop the the, yes. The but, Blackberry. Um, yeah. The, um, what I was going to say is that I, I love these stories and it seems to be uh, common in the, the corporate biopic of uh, it seems that somebody is taking a pre-existing idea which hasn't taken off yet, which they're like, no, the potential is there in this idea. It just needs something more. And it's like yeah. Ray Kroc with the McDonald's, uh, Mark Zuckerberg with the social network, um, uh Dennis Reynolds, you know, or Glenn Howerton's character in Blackberry, where it's like, you guys well, have an idea here. You just need someone. To, I think that's uh, another reimagine it theme that we're going to deal with is the people that have flash in the pan ideas that are flash, brilliant, yes. that are brilliant for four years, for five years. Like Blackberry is like such a good example of like everyone likes the clicks, you know, like they mm -hmm. like the they like the keyboard. And then it just, keep the it. iPhone yeah. comes along and obliterates it. And so like that's, but that at the time the Blackberry is so revolutionary and it kind of does bring phones into the next stage. Like, and, but like, so the, the social network, and I like that it's called the social network and not mm -hmm. Facebook mm -hmm. is something that we just live and breathe every day now, you know? And it's like, uh, that's, that's why I think this is one of the more fascinating uh, corporate biopics, I guess, because it's like, you know, would we live in the world we live in without? Well, that little, was. Little I, I love that getting drunk and coding. Well, I love that. Um, speaking of, I know this is a little bit off of what we were just talking about, but um, there's something Sorkin I think is a little bit common for, and it's numbers. Like he speaks about the numbers, and when they when the scenes in in this movie where they they just splurt out statistics, like ninety one percent of the people that are using this site end up reusing it, and mm -hmm. uh, blah blah blah, and so on and so forth. I'm a numbers guy. Like I like I like numbers, um, and I just I I like that they're. I guess he he tells you the important stuff, but he doesn't like hammer you over the head with it. Yeah. Does that make sense? And the pacing I do, is just... I, I think he's able to convey stuff that, like, you can understand the foundation of what you're hearing, even if you don't understand the logistics of it. Exactly. Like, yes. That's exactly like, what That's like, uh, talk about numbers is, like, Moneyball is, like, such a great right. example of, like, Sorkin script that's just, like, I'm going to shoot numbers at you. Which but is it's like Yeah, I love it. The numbers you're averaging out, you know? You're averaging yeah. out the dialogue to make sense of, right. like, the of oh i get what moneyball is you know and even though like you said earlier with like even though you get those jargon and in that movie it's a great example and i'm like you get a lot of jargon baseball business terms that like you don't fully understand but because of like the numbers he's throwing out there and probably him throwing names on the board um just yeah. everything brad pitt's doing in that scene works but uh not to get too far off track uh, um yeah he's like it's like sorkin's able to break it down for the layman and not that 
you know, I don't understand the numbers, but he's just, mm -hmm. I like that there's that, uh, you're not leaving your audience out of it, you know, and you're not playing love, dumb to them either. I would love to see, um, Sorkin write an Adam McKay script because Sork, uh, Adam McKay, it's like the anti Sorkin in the way that like he is very condescending to his audience. He's right, like, here's, Sorkin. here's Margot Robbie in a bathtub to explain you dumb dumbs how the stock market works. And some people really get off put it by that, but I'm like, I'm a dumb dumb. <laughs> like Margot like Robbie, tell me how this works, you know. Like, uh, but he is like Adam McKay is like an like a heavy dialogue, fast talking, like same style, but he is very mean to his audience. Whereas like, I don't know, I I think Sorkin's a little bit more forgiving to his, or he's not even forgiving to his audience. He has faith in his audience that they're gonna keep up. Like, yeah, um, absolutely. That's what I love about him. I probably went on like a huge Sorkin rant with Chicago seven, but it's like, I was raised on like my dad always told me when I was young, he's like, everything you need to know in life comes from Seinfeld into the West wing. Uh, but uh, I just feel like when I was a kid, I used to just stare at West wing and like, like what I was hearing, but had no, it's like, I don't it's know the, what the fuck anyone's saying. It's, yeah. it's the men in suits talking about business. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I don't know what this is, but I like it. You know, like, it sounds so official and grown up, and they're talking and walking and handing uh, each other uh, papers. And the, this um, movie has such good handing each other papers. Like, handy, yeah, I don't know yeah, how, yeah. To, how else to put it, but at well, the also, deposition scenes where they're passing around papers, it's like, there's that also stuff is so natural and good. There's a weird hand thing that Sorkin's awesome. And I don't know. It's not Sorkin. It's definitely like Fincher in this regard because it's it's a directing aspect. It's not a dialogue or action thing unless it's written in the script. But I feel like it's directing. Um, but the scenes where Sean, it's, it's like Sean Parker and Mark Zuckerberg are in the club. Uh -huh. And I, I turned to Chase and I was oh, like. Oh, you did we, bring this up. I did bring this up. I was like, Sean Parker seems like he's on drugs, which I think you're supposed to assume. But he's yeah. doing this thing with his hands the whole time he's talking where he's like, we can grow big. And then he keeps like chopping and then he's like moving his drink around and he's yeah. just constantly <laughs> doing something with his hands. And it's, and it's like, I'm, I'm simultaneously paying attention to the dialogue, but I'm also getting in that scene, that sense of panic that I was telling you guys about earlier, where I'm like, I'm like this guy, the writing's on the wall, this guy. And you can see mm. Mark Zuckerberg just biting at the bait, biting at the bait. That's a, You uh, as an audience member, you're like, I feel the tensity here. This guy's not, He's going to steer you into the wrong, wrong direction. direction. Eventually, it, it feels like he's like talking to the devil. <laughs> yes, like the lighting yes. on him. And it's like the light. And you, you know? have that uh, he's telling a, a story about a man who like killed himself after becoming a millionaire. He killed himself because he wasn't a hundred millionaire, you know, yes. like, and then you have like, that Victoria's Secret story is just so great. Like the way. The way and he every says time they it, come and then back he's like, to what's your point? And he's like, they're Victoria's Secret models. <laughs> like, that's like, it just comes back to him being like, why do I recognize those girls? Victoria's Secret models. Um, But in that scene, every time they cut back to Mark Zuckerberg, because there is this like rotating light thing going on, which yeah. I agree makes makes Justin Timberlake his, it looks like he has no white in his eyes, first off. Like, mm. he's like looking up at the camera and it looks like it's all black. Um, And every time they come back to Zuckerberg, he looks pale. Um, And he looks like he's just like, He's just, he's, I don't get in that scene that he's on drugs, but his, if he is, he's, his drug, I think he's his enamored with Sean, Sean Parker. Parker. Yeah. yeah. Like that but is, I his think drug. Sean Parker, so, like, the way that Justin Timberlake described it is like they're kind of like wooing each other at this moment. Mm -hmm. Like they're kind of courting each other. Like, oh, and that absolutely. is like, 
the perfect description of that scene is like this is Sean Parker moving in and getting ready to push Eduardo out and yeah. like and that's why he ends that whole thing with like you know where's so uh where, what's where, where's, where's Eduardo? Eduardo why isn't he over here yeah and it's there's so many parts in this movie that make me scoff because it, it's it's ultimately uh I did want to bring this up earlier and I'm glad I remembered um there's a, a, a strong uh, theme of friendship in this movie. And it's just like a, from between, obviously, Mark Zuckerberg and um, Eduardo uh, as characters. And it's heartbreaking to me because there's so many points in this movie where we're just like, man, Eduardo is being such a good friend. And Zuckerberg is not that he's being a, it's like he's just so preoccupied with other stuff going on that he doesn't recognize. Yeah. Like like every time that, uh, you know, uh, Andrew Garfield comes in the room, he's like, hey, you know, I made it to the second round of the Phoenix. And he's like, well, that's good. You should be happy about that because you probably won't make it any further. Anyway, let me show you what I'm working well, it's on. Because he's a no, he says he doesn't say that. He's it's so much more calculated and and backhanded. He says like, I wouldn't worry about it if you don't get into the second round. Second round this is a really good achievement. Yes, and it's, and just, it's just, a, just like a backhanded. Yeah, and it's like, like this is a very petty person. Like you know. Yeah, and, and it's he, like in that moment, you know, Eduardo yeah. was just so excited to tell him about it, and then yes. to get. And like he says it across the one of the um, one of the depositions, he's, he looks across the room and, you know, and he goes, I was your only friend. Yeah, I was your only friend, which and I've never read into at all. But it was weird. Uh, and Andrew Garfield wasn't talking during this part. Jesse Eisenberg was talking and he's like, uh, I, I do want to say that Jesse Eisenberg, Fincher and um, Sorkin talk about Zuckerberg with a bit of like so much defense and a little bit of reverence like and i think all three of these people who are kind of perfectionists see little bits of themselves in zuckerberg yeah um but jesse eisenberg talks about how he's like you know like i looked at the scene the way i acted it wasn't like like i played it very cold and i wasn't reacting to him saying i'm your only friend like i should have any like i'm sorry or anything i was cold because i felt like like no matter what i did no matter what mark did to eduardo eduardo was saying that in in the deposition he's like making a scene of like i was your only friend but that's not true because we see in the movie that he him has, hanging out with the other coders. Yeah, like, that he has friends. And so like that to Jesse Eisenberg playing that character, he was like, I read this as like he's using that to uh, like hurt me mm -hmm. as the deposition to paint this picture of me, at, you know, like as this villain, I betrayed this... my only friend, you know, mm -hmm. like, absolutely. and I'm just like, God, I never I always looked at that scene of like, wow, he really got him or not even because it's like really subtly played of like how's your only friend mark like you know like but no the way you just described it i can totally see where it's uh played on the other foot because again that it, it uh further uh, well it ties into that conversation he has with uh what's her name again uh rashida jones erica, yeah, erica albright she, she or... she's like she's like i can plant whatever you want i i'm good at like making juries believe yeah oh the, like, yeah, not yeah why why weren't you at the party that sean was you know well, yeah i set him up i was drunk at home and, and she's no like, he That's doesn't what say that she says like why because he says like what are you insisting that i called the cops on him and she it's says like, like now everyone else does now, late. Now the everyone jury's, else does. Yeah. The jury's thinking that now and yeah. it's like I feel like Inguardo is kind of feeling that way, where it's like I can say what I want in your opinion, or at least the way you're acting in these depositions, 
I mean, you don't have any evidence that you're not. I don't know. It it just seems it's very interesting. I also love Jesse that Eisenberg actually betrays this because mm. I like the coldness that he does throughout the movie. I, you really I'm also one that his facial know. shit is really incredible. It's really, yeah. I was like, going to say that there's eyes the, like his what he's doing and scene every, to scene is just that's it's like he's analyzing he's every doing moment in that scene where um, Eduardo comes out and um of the of the glass office and he's been you know he's found out that his shares have yeah. been diluted down oh, he's, i uh he's i agree like garfield does like an oscar worthy performance there but like dave was just pointing out, if you just watch uh jesse eisenberg's expressions in that scene of like what is going down like he looks very uncomfortable when he first comes up he's a little off put but he's also like he feel it it looks like he's hurting he's hurting mm-hmm. and he's like man like like maybe I maybe I messed up. Like I didn't want it to, you know, to to go like this. Um, yeah. You planted the story about the chicken, but yeah, Jesse. I, I do there. wonder I like what the did. movies try to tell us with that. Uh, I think he did. I think he did. I mean, I, I don't know if that's it, what the. Uh, um, I feel I, like he. I, I get it from I that know. scene. I, I get it from like the it. scene where he's like, "It was the Winklevosses. And then he yes. was like, I don't know. We just, you know, maybe we should, you know, move on. Yeah. It just seems he's being very dismissive and he, and he's also being very, you know, condescending because he's like, this could ruin us, Eduardo. This is going to get press. This yeah. is going to, you know, like, like, you know what, what are we going to do about but this? But is that um, because he's already trying to manipulate some sort of upper hand on him? I, think I don't think so. That. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't but know I either. Do think, I do think this movie, like, does such a good job of making you question that. Like, how petty is this person is like, you know, because like, is he really that upset about the Phoenix club? Like, and you can tell, like, I just love that scene when Garfield finally blows up and he says like, you were always jealous about the Phoenix club. And it's just like, I don't know. Like it was. Well, what I also, I, it, you know, one line that actually it's during the fight, where uh, that's a good Garfield when Eduardo actually goes to uh California and he runs into Sean and everything and they're having their big yeah. argument with the girls smoking the bogs in the background. Well, he's like, Well, how's your internship? And he's like, I quit the first day, you know, this. And oh, yeah, well, yeah. how he's like, I've been trying all summer trying to get like advertisers and all that. Mark has a good point, like. Where has that gotten us? We haven't gotten any. You haven't done anything. And it, it does seem like Mark has a point of what hasn't Guardo done since Guardo. His start. Yes, I, I, I know. I was going to fuck up his name at least once. But what has he done since? Like, it, he is giving them money and he's putting them up and doing as much as he can. But well, he, he, Mark's eyes he at that was the foundation of it. Like they, he, like Mark wouldn't have been able to like start the business without him. I like, also think like it, when Eduardo shows up in California, like he has every right to be like, I'm walking into a house that I'm yeah. paying for. And Absolutely. like, yeah. those are the people that are like staying and like, and then you see Sean Parker staying there. You got girls smoking in the background. That's you know, <laughs> Mark, Mark didn't come up to pick you up from the airport, but yeah. I, I, in that scene, I am very, I'm very much, uh, I don't know. I guess I, I, I understand the frustrations with, Eduardo. Um, yeah. With the the way that Andrew Garfield was talking about that scene, it was like he was coming into his like grandparents' house and people were just like had their shoes on his couch and stuff, you know, like and I just love Sean Parker in that scene. He's like he's like, Yeah, I read all about you and Sean Parker's like, Oh, you know what I've read about you? It was just mouths nothing. <laughs> like it's just like I don't know, he's just such a dick, but uh Yeah. It's uh I don't know. 
which makes the saddest. It is a pretty satisfying scene when he yes. gets caught with the the nails that caught yeah. the police station scene. Yeah. Like he just fucking nails it. Like I think so too. The, I think so like too. I feel like I have interacted with people like that. That when they are in a corner and they've been caught, that they are just like, you know, like do you think do you think Eduardo called the cops? Like he's like they must have snuck the cocaine in there. Like the lady's like, which Eduardo had already told him at the. Yes. He's like, I feel like he's just a parent. He's paranoid. Remember all yes. those stories yeah. about the FBI like tapping his phones and then uh, you know. And it's just a crazy moment because Zuckerberg's still sitting back at the office, staring at the I'm CEO bitch business cards, thinking like, what have I done? Like, and uh, this is another like. That not in a million years. I've seen this movie like 50 times or something. Uh, it wasn't until uh, Jesse Eisenberg is describing that scene on the when they are on the phone. Jesse Eisenberg is always on the left side of the screen, and Justin Timberlake is always on the right side of the screen. And then, mean? like, eventually, Timberlake is just like starts like, like, you know going on his rant and he moves to the right side of the screen. And the next time it shows Jesse Eisenberg, he's leaning. The, uh, like on the right side right, so they're yeah. just every single time they're reversing they reverse and i'm like i don't even know what it all means basil but it's just like the way jesse eisenberg said it he was like this is stuff like i would never notice but it's like i want the filmmaker making any of my movies like this is what filmmakers should be doing and i'm like this you know like it, it's, Maybe it's just to constantly it's show so the subtle opposing sides oh, yeah and shifting a power dynamics yeah. like that but i love that to just me, that... that scene totally represents like you are lost to me, you know, like, I don't know what ends up becoming of Sean Parker. I know we get the, uh, the coda at the end, but, um, I just feel like that. I don't know. It's such a good scene. And I at least forget. I'm like, this movie's about to end any minute. And I'm like, Oh, it's just getting started. You know, like the, mm. I feel like when the Eduardo is like smashing the computer, I'm like, this is halfway through, right? Like it's, it's a, mo- a two-hour movie that flies by for flies. me. Such an such an iconic scene. That scene alone is just um. It's probably Mark. one of the better scenes of the movie. Yeah, Mark, Mark. Mark. He's, uh, wired he's, uh, he's wired in. Oh, he's wired in. How about, uh, how about now? You wired in now? Yeah. Uh, he said yeah, he did. He, uh, Army Hammer is like, how many computers did you break? And he's like, I think like thirty-six or something. It's funny like, every time wow. Fincher mentioned a take, he was like, oh, it was probably like twenty times. Like I know, famously the the bar scene at the beginning, the breakup scene, does ninety nine takes, and every and everyone was everyone was like, please, can we do one more just to make it a hundred? And he's like, no, we got it. <laughs> but he's like, you know, famous for that like crazy shit. Um, what's the not Winklevoss guy? The the other guy's name? Um, uh, uh, Marcus Moscovich. Moscovich. Mos- no, isn't that Dusty? That's Mazzello. Dusty, yeah, Mazzello. Uh. Who was uh by the way, even for your listeners, um Moskovich, the the uh friend of the, the Winkle Vosses, yeah, that was that's little Timmy from uh Divya is his name, Divya Naranda. Oh Narendra. Okay. Um, which this actor Max Mangela is doing kind of a brown face for this, but uh um because uh what is it gonna say about him? Oh, that scene where he finds out about um facebook and he's at that uh chorus hall which i guess are like really famous harvard singers or whatever and he finds out on the laptop that the uh like that facebook has gone live and he runs across the bridge to the rowing house apparently it was like 25 takes or something 
And that is another like blink and you will literally miss that scene. Like and, and hearing Fincher talk about it, he's like, I, I didn't know that um the it just said the actor's name. Uh Max Mangella was uh was such a heavy smoker, but but he's like he threw up after like you know, one of one of like the twentieth takers or something, and he's like, Oh, I'm sorry. And then he's like, But I was just waiting for that perfect moment if you can see it. Uh crew like a crew row uh, i don't know what rowing you call a ship a, a boat is rowing by he's like and that was perfect and i'm like mad man this guy's a bad man but i love it like you know it's like it's it's why i can watch a movie like this when i'm i was 18 when it first came out and i came out not knowing why it's so good i just really liked it and obviously on a story surface it's great like in acting and everything it's great but it's like why did I like it that much, you know, like, and when you find out these little things, you're like, God, this is like, I don't know. It's a master craftsman and two master craftsmen. Like it's, you know, a writer that's like, you know, firing on, on, on all cylinders and it's a director. And then the acting too. I loved how much Fincher gave credit to all the actors for like, he said with the Justin Timberlake police station scene, he's like, you know, we had that scene written and everything, and he showed up with his eyes all red and his hair messed up, and he just went into it, and I had no idea we were going to get that this night, you know, like, and it's like, damn, like, you know, like, you always want to put the credit on the director or whatever, like, but you, it's a collaboration. And it ultimately the comes collaborative back, arts in the world. It ultimately comes back to that, though, where they, they speak about, you know, in sports, like, uh, a great coach can bring out the best in a player just because of the coach's like uh, reputation. So yeah. it's like when you go to work for Fincher, you're like, I want to give him, you know, my best, best because I know this is Fincher who is obviously at this time already, um, you know, well-renowned um, director, but this is also, uh, I also go ahead. I, just like a big moment for him. I feel like Benjamin Button was the start of his prestiginess, but this was the time that everyone's like, Oh, here's like all the Oscar nominations. And like, finally I felt like he was just like fully getting recognized, which is just right. awesome. Hopefully and it will I, happen again. Yeah. Hopefully it will. I mean, he made a, he made a killer film this film, this uh, past year called he did. killer. It's awesome. Um, awesome. I was going to, I did want to speak on that. It's funny. I'm sitting here next to an Arm and Hammer, uh, pet fresh, uh, carpet odor eliminator. Um, Are you actually? And we haven't, yeah. And we haven't mentioned yet that, uh, um, I didn't know that, that for the longest time. So that, <laughs> that, for those of you that don't know is that Army oh. Hammer, the reason why his name is Army Hammer is that he is a, uh, he's an heir to the Arm and Hammer, uh, family. That yeah. Did not the know reason it. why there's only an arm and a weight on the, on the front of the picture is because, Army Hammer ate the rest of the That's body. Stuff. No, <laughs> there was a, oh Dave, had a, Dave had a good joke last night, but uh, yeah. I did ask. I was like, uh, jokingly, as he was walking by, I said, uh, I said, what happened to, to Army Hammer's twin brother? And then uh, somewhere or another, we got to, uh, I think he ate him. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> I said something. I said yeah, something, something like that. The, you, yeah. you punched it up. You yeah, definitely yeah. made it that. Like, but he must have ate uh, him. Like, oh, that's ate much better than what I said. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, but all no, that I is, do I, like I, I do want to defend. I feel bad. I don't know if I, I feel wanna... bad for Army Hammer, but I don't know. Like, I feel like he's like 
just said crazy shit over text. I don't really know the whole story. I don't know the whole story either, but I will. I, I will God defend damn it, I like that man in these movies. Me and too, all and I also movies, like, I love their product, Arm and Hammer. Um, since I was a child, they're baking. Stuff. It makes sense why he's so good in this role. I guess. Uh, he comes from royalty, like. Yeah. Yes. From... Yes. But I mean, I love the scenes where it's because. Uh, and, and I mean, I wish there was an indicator, but I think that you can uh, tell from several watching who's Cameron and who's Tyler because he is yes. playing the brothers you can differently. Tell a difference, which is yeah, so, and, and, and I I didn't even know that it was I for some reason to be honest I didn't even know who RC Hammer was or whatever his name is. RC Hammer. RC Hammer was a was a rapper from the yeah. Uh, but, uh, RB I, Hammer also I I think this is the first movie I saw him in. But I didn't know but since, they, since I, I've seen I thought that that was actually a set of twins when I went to go see it the first couple times. I probably thought that too. It, it's such a good job. And I know well, we they did, do. Okay. So Aaron trap last. Uh, yeah. So we, we talk about this and I always kind of harp on Steve about like, you know, Steve's like, it looks so good. And I'm like, I think they've got this down for like 80 years now or something, yeah, you know, yeah. like I've, they've been doing the effect forever. Um, but this movie is like, you know, kind of makes the, you know, eat, makes me eat my words because it's not that. It's not the old school, like, Matt framing all that. Like, it's having another actor and superimposing Army His Hammer's face, face on him yeah. a ton of the time. Like, not all of the time, but a lot of the time that is what they're doing. And I didn't know that until this viewing. I knew he had a body, like a... Like a double to work with, yeah. But I didn't realize how much uh, he was involved, like, and how much, like, the way they talk, or the way Army Hammer would like get mad at him while they're doing the commentary. He's like, "Dude, you did so much stuff with your arms this day. Like, you, you're so good with like, you know, you would scratch your back or like touch your face or like move something around." And I had to remember all of that because he had to go back and do every oh, single yeah. scene as that's him. Crazy. Like, and I'm like, that's nuts. Like. It, like there's a seed that they are talking about before it shows up about a hamburger and uh Josh Pence, Tyler Pence, what's his name? Josh Pence. Josh Pence, um it's Mike Pence's son. Yeah. No, it's not. But uh <laughs> Josh Pence is basically like I ate like twenty burgers or something that day. And then Army Hammer's like, I had to eat with just as many burgers because I was like mimicking your eating. And I'm like, I don't even remember a burger scene in this. And it's literally during like the montage of like the email scene. Just oh, that it's one, it's just, just one brief moment. Oh the camera is moving God. from left to right at yep. a normal speed. And that's it. You might see one bite taken out of a burger. And I'm like, again, this is a crazy man. That's like, you got to eat this 35 times. So meticulous. It needs to look this way. Uh, but I do think there was ways that uh, I, I appreciated in this. Uh, film of the way again with the camera movie, but the way you would cut it, like when you have the Winklevosses uh, walking out of uh, the the president of Harvard's office, and you only see you know their torso, and of course you know you're you're used to it by now because they're they're so they tall. say early, six foot five, but I like the clever and there's two of me yeah, and there's two of me. Uh, I I I wanted to point get Tony Soprano. We should get the Sopranos to come and beat him with a hammer. No, why do that? I'm six foot two, and there's there's two of me. Two twenty, and there's two of me. But I also like that. I was telling you, great line. There's just some. There's that subtlety in the beginning. So the first time the Winklevosses meet him, and I picked up on it right away. But if you notice, Jesse Eisenberg walks to them, and he's a little bit like 
standoffish at first. And he goes, yeah. he goes, you boys look like you work out or something. And, and yeah, he's like, football crew. team. He's like, we're the row crew. And he's like, all right, what do you guys want to talk about? And it's Which that just instant like, like, was this yes, why Facebook like, was created? Because he's like, oh, those fucking crew guys. I'm going to fuck yeah. them over. <laughs> well, that my girlfriend like, mentioned them once in one conversation. I like that his fear shifts. Because it's like, at first he's like, oh, these are like two like big muscular guys that are going to beat me up. They're probably like football players. And then he goes, no, we're part of the row team. Which is obviously a prestigious sport. I, like, well, I don't bro, think like, it's a fear thing. I think he's more of like, why are these guys are talking these? to me? That's why he's like condescendingly it, like, did I just like did I that, offend your girlfriends? And they are all right. like, maybe. But it's the maybe it's not. the shift yeah, to like. We didn't I, ask. I do yeah. agree with it, with uh, with what you said, where it's like, how can I manipulate these guys? But it's that shift of like, he thought they were like jugheads and then he's like oh these guys got like money and they have an idea they bring them back they're... to the bicycle room of uh i don't know what club they're a part of right and uh, then but... they give him a sandwich and it's just really funny watching him like yeah, the sub and he's just like what? he like starts to put it in his pocket but then it like doesn't fit and he takes it out and he's just like holding it and in my mind i'm like these harvard clubs just have like a a fridge Jelly. full of like ready-made sandwiches for them oh, that'd be great be awesome. Uh, but yeah, I did want to. I did want to speak on our our behavior because, uh, despite his cannibalistic tendencies, um, <laughs> he was uh, no. I mean, he great performance across. Allegedly, the board. I do really like the Rooney Mara um, reunion scene where uh, it's right after the bathroom where you see, um, um, you know, Zuckerberg and um, man Eduardo get their get their fixings with the ladies, um, and then they come out of the bathroom. They're, they're guarding the and bathroom. Andrew Garfield was like, "This scene was so hot to do." It's so hard to do. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, you dog, you heard this song. Yeah. All, all, Zucker, all Zuckerberg had to do was stand there because all you see is is uh, Jesse Eisenberg's like uh, shins and well, the stall next to him. But that's like, that's all you a, see. Apparently, him. like, he does like a giggle that you hear. And he's like, they really liked the giggle. And I just kept trying it. I didn't remember what I did until they eventually brought me over to the monitor and I rewatched the scene. And then I was like, okay, I guess. They like that, so I'll try to do it again. And like, meanwhile, like Andrew Garfield's like, oh, I just had to be in the stall that whole time with Brenda's song. Like, oh, it was, was so bad. Oh my yeah. god, <laughs> well, so while bad. He for was you, getting Andrew the giggle right. Uh, I just forget he's British too. I'm like, god damn. Brenda's song, by the way, listeners is is related or is not related. Sorry, is married is to married Macaulay to Culkin. Macaulay Culkin. Yeah. She's but related to Macaulay Culkin. She's related sister. to and married. Oh no. Uh, but then we have uh the scene where he comes back out. He sees uh he sees. Uh, Eric She's Albright awesome from in this movie too. She really is, and she does not given that much time. I it's mean, she's like given... a bit part in my mind, but the more I watch it, the more I'm like, God, she's powerful. Like, yeah, <laughs> like she's good. Rooney Mara. Um, team Rooney Mara. Enough, I, I was saying Brenda song, but Rooney oh, Mara is, oh yeah, I was, Rooney, I was, they're they're two. They're both great. I think there's like, three like uh parts that are like that that they have few dialogue, but they're just knocking the shit out of it. Is Rooney Mara, Brenda song, and uh, Rashida Jones. And then you have a, like the bunch of like adults, I guess that like, because I I view this movie as I've never really thought of it, but Aaron Sorkin's like, this is not your father's college movie, like, is but it is kind of a college movie uh, when you think about it, like in a weird subgenre of Animal House and this. Yeah, but you're getting like the accepted, uh, yeah. um, but uh, but the scenes like where there is like adults it just feels very weird like and i like it so much when they go to the the president of harvard who is a uh, forget this guy's name but he's like a 
Hollywood producer and manager. He's Gary Oldman's manager. Really? <laughs> and uh, I'm I'm curious how they actually know each other. But David Fincher was married to someone in the 90s, divorced. They had a kid together. That woman goes on to marry Gary Oldman. Um, I wonder if we talked about this on the Mank episode. But uh, I so I'm like, is that why? Because he says my good friend. Here? He's like my good friend, Gary Oldman's manager. Uh, and I'm like, oh, they're friends. <laughs> like they're like, you know, Gary, they're both share an ex-wife now because uh, Gary Oldman divorced her as well. Uh, but I'm like, that's kind of funny. Like they both have kids. So I guess like. David Fincher's one child, I don't know how many kids he is, is a sibling to Gary Ullman's child, you know, uh, two children. But uh, but yeah, that guy is a non-actor. Which I do really like that scene because it really he's so good. Yeah, like, where he's just like, and how is this supposed to be for Harvard? Like, yes, how did these guys get these appointments? Oh, uh, so dad? yes. And he's like, so this is inappropriate or whatever. He's like, guys. This is not the Harvard way. And it's Ow, like, what does he say? Like when, when one of them says something and he's like, oh, I'm heartbroken. Oh, uh, uh, it's just like, but they, you can't steal from uh, something, right? And yeah. Got, and he's like, oh, well, yeah, also, I know, there's the part where he's like, uh, you can't, he's like, well, if somebody broke into our, uh, into our uh, dorm room and stole our laptop, he's like, I don't deal with uh, felonies or Hefty, small petty theft. Yeah, petty theft. Yeah, petty theft. This could yeah. be a million dollar idea. He's like, a he's million, like, million dollar, dollar idea. <laughs> don't let your imaginations <laughs> run away with anyway, it. Anyway, but isn't that what you told no. us to, to let our imaginations run away with this? Uh, he's like, people invent because they're trying to find jobs for themselves. Yeah. Yes, he's but like go back under, and make a new idea. I like Undergrads uh, like to what is, invent jobs for you, themselves instead of searching for one. Yes. Were you trying to find what Tyler Winklevoss or says because he goes, Cameron's like, I'm not trying to say that. And he's like, I am, sir. Um uh, it's just that it's 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 his response though when he's like he just says something like so funny. But it again, um, Trying to find his name. The this is definitely like in order of appearance on IMDb, so it's hard to like. Uh, Larry Summers is the name of the Harvard president, but Douglas Uransky, who I was just telling St uh, Chase, is Gary Ullman's manager, and like he's just like not an actor. And Fincher was like, "I like this guy. I like how he has like an air about him when he like feels like he's right." He kind of gets annoyed with people when they're wasting his time. And he's like, I couldn't think of anyone else, so I just wanted him to be in it. Um, and then uh, same with Aaron Sorkin, who is the guy that they go to when it's um, uh, Mark and Eduardo, and it's their first meeting with a financer. And he's like, oh, what? And he's making what, noises. What noise are you making? Yeah, yeah, that's it's more the, like a. Uh, that guy is Aaron Sorkin, and he's just like, like, what I, is this? And uh, Fincher was just like, I really like when he gets annoyed. Like, is what he was saying about it, and he was like, I couldn't, I didn't really want to cast anyone else, so I told Sorkin, you're going to be in this part. And I guess Sorkin was like pleading with him to cut that scene. Oh, I love it. I think. Yeah, me too. Yeah, that's a good scene. <laughs> what is uh, that noise? It's more of a a, a gag Guys, what reflex. Is this? <laughs> what is yeah. this? What is this? What is this? Um, but uh, shoot, 
I don't know. Yeah, I, I want okay. Yeah, I what, to mention what haven't scene. we talked about? I do like the. Uh, I do want to say because we spoke about the um, the camera work in this, the Winkle Voss race scene, um, the canoe scene. Oh, it's beautiful. Just, oh, so great. Yeah, and it's like, so manic and like uh, again panic inducing, and it's like you know the whole time they're gonna lose, and I just love. At the uh, at the after party, everyone keeps bringing it up like uh, mm. the close rate. Yeah, we know. Uh, um, yeah. Mile and a half races tend to be a boat or a boat or a boat and a half difference. And they're like, yeah, but this one was close. I know yeah. that we just we just got done racing. Why does everyone keep reminding us? Of what this? I like about it is it, it, it. Brings, I love it. It brings down the Winklevosses at their lowest low. One more notch. They just they just, got they just missed. Yes, yep. and they and just missed. Now they found Facebook out too. Facebook in their mind. They just missed with yeah. Facebook. So it's just like they're 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 losing by an inch, you know, and they're yeah, like absolutely, and and they're it's it's the way that Mark puts it at the end is like these are guys that aren't used to not getting their way or not winning or whatever, yeah. right? Not handed to them, yeah. Um, yeah, I I don't know. They do a good job. I mean, Army Hammer's gone, but it's no wonder she became a star after this. Everyone like it's um Jesse Eisenberg was like known, but he wasn't yeah, he well, was he um, was an indie darling. Uh yeah. Squid in the Whale kind of like got him a ton of recognition, I'm sure. Um and then like everyone else was kind of like somewhat of a fresh discovery. Andrew Garfield had somewhat of a career, but not very well known to Americans. Dude, the first thing I actually saw him in was uh what's that act in anything before this? Garfield? No, or Timberlake. Who? Timberlake, yeah, yeah, yeah. He he um had yeah. an acting career in the in the early thousands. Alpha Dog was like a movie I really like. I, I had no idea is a um I don't know if either one of you drew this parallel or or, or like uh, when I first saw Jesse Eisenberg, which I think was probably this or when did Adventureland come out? A little bit after this. Yeah. A little bit after. Okay. So yeah. this is probably no, no, no. Eventually, it came out before this because Adventureland is the reason I got a job at Six Flags. Yeah, I was already working at Six Flags at this point. So my um my early comparisons of like the first time I ever saw Jesse Eisenberg, and this might be closer to to Dave if Dave can remember, um, is he always resembled Robert McNaughton to me, and I know you're not gonna recognize the name, Mike from ET. Um, okay, it's, uh, I can see that it's Elliot's older brother. So the yeah. first time I saw they have, like, Jesse, a prominent I, Adam's apple and chin, yes, and the curly hair, like, yeah. and uh, I don't, I don't know, but uh, I just pulled this like even his letterbox picture of Michael <laughs> McNaughton is like very Jesse Eisenberg esque. But uh, I always drew that comparison. But I, um, I Eisenberg people... was someone who kind of won me over right away. Same. I think. I think the first or second, I mean, thing I saw him in was was probably Social Network was probably the second or third, if I'm forgetting something. Um, but I was sold on him, I think, before this movie came out, where I was like, well, I don't know much about the history of Facebook, but I, I do like that Jesse Eisenberg guy. Um, to me, he was, and I feel like a lot of people in our generation, which I think is wrong now, because I'm like, they're so different, and they definitely have different acting styles michael sarah yeah everyone always yeah. compared him and i think it really was because of Adventureland, um because that just felt like a michael like, sarah vehicle well yeah Adventureland literally on the poster has like from the people that brought you super bad you know so like you're already in that mindset of like oh this is like an apato 
Seth Rogen type comedy. Awkward, uh, awkward. Team. Yeah, um, but I think they are hugely different. They've always got to compare. There's that guy on There's that guy on Instagram yeah, that says great. The, the conversations between Jesse Eisenberg and Michael Sarah. He also does the other awesome, guy. There's like a third guy. He, he does in. Tom Holland, which he's really good at too. He no, does but the, in uh, like the awkward guy conversation. Oh, uh, it's um, it's Timothy Oliphant or no, um, Timothy Chalamet. Chalamet. He does Chalamet. And he does one other guy. Like, who well, I don't he does recommend. a ton of people, yes. but it's like this specific grouping of like awkward, awkward. guys talking to each oh, other. Man. But I, I was gonna say that's the only thing I I. Now, after seeing more of both of their work, the only thing I link them together is that they're awkward. Is is awkward and, and have Sarah, curly but, hair. <laughs> but like, I feel like Jesse Eisenberg typically takes roles, and I haven't seen Youth and Revolt, which you said does kind of counter this argument. But which I realized is the first thing I probably saw Rudy Martin. Um, I feel like Michael Sarah always plays the softer, awkward character, where it's like Jesse Eisenberg, and I can I can think of another movie like Art of Violence. Where it's like yeah. he plays another awkward character who has like who's like he's, awkward, but he's not like timid. He's like aggressive, yeah. or or yes. he has like he's a little bit tendency. of intensity to yes, him. Um, exactly. And he has so much internal intensity, like yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, and he dude, he's crazy. I was like, it was really weird experience because when I was listening to uh, the second commentary last night, I was like little bit tipsy at that point and i was like i swear to god jesse eisenberg is like being played at like 2.5 times speed right now he would just be like, Steve, and thought, steve had to turn on the subtitles because like, no, this is this is in in his uh, uh commentary he's speaking like double the speed of what he speaks in the social that's network how, that's how he like, this is crazy and then i today i just saw a letterbox posted like uh eisenberg directed a movie that has him and kieran colkin in it that's at sundance um, which I'm excited to see, but uh, he was being interviewed like, "What's your top four? And he's just—I think he just said one movie, but he's like, "I, I like this movie." But, 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 but like he was like, I don't, and someone in the comments are like, "This guy speaks at two times speed." Yeah, I was, I was like, gonna... "Oh my god!" Like it's that's why it sounded so crazy in the commentary. This is just how he speaks. The first interview I think I ever saw of him was that um, "Now You See Me" with. Um... Uh, it's the famous one where he does the card trick for, I forget her name. She's is a it the one that's like fake or, um, it's the one where I don't know if this one is fake or not. It's the one where she's like, yeah, who is the, uh, the, the interviewer? It's some, it's someone famous, but she doesn't he have like he, a fake one where he freaks out on an interviewer. This one's not that one. It's more of just, he's being very condescending. Um, Jesse Eisenberg, I'll just Google it by Eisenberg, but, um, I've noticed from his interviews uh, that he is very like fast talking. He seems yeah. he seems to be like his brain is a bit of maybe like the words are coming out faster than we can understand. But um, I definitely picked that up from him that he's just uh he's he's, he's a, definitely very anxiety ridden too. Yes, like he's yeah. just like the way so self deprecating too. He's just like the way he talks about this movie that, and I get the impression that they were doing press for the movie while he was doing the commentary because he kept referring to like oh over the weekend me and andrew garfield were doing press so i don't think he knew he was about to be oscar nominated yeah. for best actor or whatever R ramina puga 
Romina Puga. That's the uh, um, famous the, interview, but it's the one where he's showing her a magic trick. And then she's like, uh, so you and uh, Freeman and he's like, Freeman, what do you want a softball team with them? You mean, you mean, Morgan yeah, Freeman? I've seen that. that, that and, and I don't, there's people that have, you want a like, softball team? With yeah. Them? And then she's, she like shows him her hand and he's like, do you have notes written on your hand? He's like, have you ever heard of carrot top? And she's like, yeah, terrible. And he's like, oh, that's funny. You said that Um, you're like the carrot top of interviewers. I've seen and she's that. Like, oh, and she's like, I kind of want this interview to be over. And he's like, well, let me, you're on my time. Uh, but during that interview, he's just so fast talking and he's, he's super witty, but he's also extremely condescending. And everything I've tried to look up about the interview, half the people say she was in on it. And the other people were like, no, he was genuinely just being an asshole that day. Uh, but I can't I can't tell. But uh, from that interview forward, it seems he takes that same like pace. Like that's just how he's interviewed. He's very um, awkward. Well, to interview, those, I guess Usually those uh, press junkets are like. You get into a room and you're there for two hours and they. Oh yeah, and, and, I mean they've been interviewed by like ten people. Yeah. Yeah. I'm from Watch Mojo. I'm from Screen Junkies. I'm like, from this. I'm from that. Doesn't yeah. like just being like ant like on the spot questions. Yeah, it's like Dave was saying, somebody that probably suffers from anxiety, which. Uh, oh, absolutely. I can see which that. Is, uh, That's what you... I was saying. Like between before every scene, he'd be like, "Oh, I didn't sleep." And he's like, oh, no one, no one sleeps before making movies. And I'm like, that's probably not true. Like, you know, you kind of have to get your rest before long ass day. Um, he does, a but lot. uh, but he was talking on that scene where he is running across campus. Uh, the opening scene that he like threw up during it, and it was because he like got like a antidepressant and like a garlic pill stuck in his throat or something like Gosh. it was like oh, he's very revealing <laughs> like you know but like i'm like yeah like he's he's like a i a think a really um, intense person i think like internally and like as an actor like he, he the other thing he kept talking about was how he felt like he wasn't acting he was like oh, i was jealous during the um brenda song andrew garfield scene where she lights a scarf on fire because i felt like this is such great acting, you know, that I'm seeing because he had to be on set that whole day. Um, because when they're on the phone together, it's all the opposite end of the conversation. On the phone. Yeah. And that's a different day than when he's on the phone when right. they're by the pool. Like that's but he has to know scenes. how with the rhythm of the conversation yes. is going. Um, and, and, and Garfield would do the same thing for him. But the way he talked about like, oh, these people are doing real acting. And I'm like, you are doing something so methodical and internalized in this movie. Like the way he talks like he's not acting. And it's like one of the scenes he's like, oh, I really uh, it's it's a scene where he's facing the Harvard board about crashing their servers. And he says, like, Fincher, you guys should be you guys should be I should be thanking me. Or, yeah, thank you. Like, or, yeah. Or, I'm sorry. Oh, and they're like, I'm so, thank, thank you. you. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Uh, I, I think I pointed out some pretty gaping holes. Um, but he says that, like, they did that in a few takes. And he's like, you know, Fincher's always doing tons of takes. And that was the one time I was like. Oh, I'd really like to do that again. And Fincher's like, no, we got it. Like, uh, and it was weird because he's like, I don't like that take. And I'm like, you don't like this take in this perfect movie? You know, like to me, this is a perfect movie. So it's like, I don't know. Yeah, that's I, I love that. I mean, meticulousness, though. I And I think that's part of what makes Fincher. We've, we've spoken his praises, but uh, just but also, that yeah, you're bringing Eisenberg. up these stories of like, uh, uh, I'm. I'm so fascinated by it, but like the stories you're bringing up of like they're them even having army hammer, having to stomach 20 hamburgers for, for literally a frame uh, yeah. <laughs> or something that's just going to be thrown away. But um, 
I think that's what these actors appreciate so much about Fincher is like, if you're, if you're so meticulous and you're so particular and you want to do multiple takes, like, and you know, the shots are it, perfect when you get yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, which is just There's so funny. Part. Like Dave said for, for Jesse Eisenberg to sit back and be like, this movie, he was given high praise. People love it. I don't like that take. It's I like, feel it's like, like <laughs> I feel like it's a, uh, just because, um, uh, the guys on smart list didn't bring it up, but I was so shocked when Mark Ruffalo didn't bring this up because he's doing so much press for uh poor things. And I've watched like, I don't know, like 10 different interviews. And I swear like maybe like three or four of the interviews, he brings up how Fincher invented the delete button for uh like digital cameras for like deleting. Like he's like, oh, I want to delete takes like 20 through 30 or whatever. And like, Mark Ruffalo is like, no, like the way he, he always tells the story the same way. He's like, yeah. no, take 25 was amazing. You know, like that's just like, I don't know. It's it's I, you you get the impression that I think, you know, especially by now, uh, you know what you're signing up for. Um, which, you know, you got to love. And you don't hear like. You know, making Shelley Duvall lose her mind stories from Fincher. no, 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 no. But he um, does come from the Kubrickian method yes, of like, yes. of like perfection and being like, yeah, it's better to have. And I, and I, I'm not totally against his theory of like, it's better to have 50 shots that I can filter. Yeah, but I think he's have... often like, no, I'm looking for the shot. Like he's not, yeah, yeah. he's not looking to have 50. No, shots to sort through shot he's, looking, he's for looking for the shot. shot yeah that's why mark ruffalo brings up that he'll delete right, right so that everyone in their mind on set is like okay fresh slate you know like gotta get it now because nothing else exists well, uh, there, there is parts of me that thinks that kubrick uh would have support it. your argument no that that uh just he's doing the opposite of fincher fire. No, he's just he's just doing multiple takes to yeah. drive the actors crazy. Whereas well, no. like, no, I'm just looking for the perfect take. Well, they're like, I'm gonna drive them. <laughs> they're both known for uh, beating the acting out of the actors, right? Like, and I, I mean, it shows. They they I want think. it to be so second nature to the people saying the lines that they are no longer acting. You know, they're like just this person's the losing their yeah. mind to becoming the character. Well, so and I mean, and it shows, and it's like, so I I won't um. I won't hit on that that specific methodology because I think that in this movie it's so like I was telling Chase I was like everyone is everyone in the movie up until this point is giving like their best performance like like we talked about Jesse Eisenberg like yeah he was up and coming but like this is probably his best performance at yeah. this time Brenda Song probably the best performance she'd given at this time Army mm -hmm. Hammer probably the best performance he'd given at this time Andrew and it's like Fincher is just Andrew Garfield probably giving the best performance he's given up until this point um but it's just uh again it, I feel like we're just singing the praises of Fincher but uh this is well, our what our second movie crew. like it really is like I think this is one of the great collaborative efforts of the yeah, 21st it's century a, it, in film, it's the perfect you know? storm of like especially as a filmmaker sitting back it's the perfect storm of like what do I like good acting do I like yeah. good directing I like good writing and it's like the this is got in this all is of so it it's got good score it's damn got... good like the score is just like I, this movie this movie shouldn't be cozy but it is like I could watch this movie just like take a nap not that I'm like i want to take a nap because of the movie's boring i'm just saying like you know like you this wanna, is one of those movies that, that every single time i start it it starts with that conversation i'm just like engaged with it and like you know like seeing like someone who 
doesn't know how to socially interact, interact with his girlfriend who's breaking up with him. And then and it not just knowing how to handle the, that doom, 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 as he's walking through Harvard, which is actually John Johns Hopkins University because they couldn't film at Harvard. They smoke pot with Johnny Hopkins. This is John, it was John Hopkins <laughs> and Sloan Federer. Um, <laughs> is, uh, that, is that the Davies? That was the other one. Yeah, uh, I don't step know. Brothers. But, uh, but, uh, but as soon as that score starts, I am just like, oh my God, I feel so comfy right now. Like, I feel like I'm being wrapped in a warm blanket of good filmmaking. And, and like, just, like you said, you it's know, like not like, that I want this out of a flick, but yeah. it does feel like a quick flick, like a two hour, like you're just so engaged. Uh, last night, I think Chase and I maybe had like, five sidebar conversations we paused the movie though and it wasn't it was brief it was just like oh man do you notice that oh this is cool all right let's get back into it and we and then, it's, it's rare and for it's, us steve to like not talk throughout an entire like or I mean, talk like about it little things <laughs> yeah, I know absolutely. That's like, yeah i'm a talker i know that or, yeah, yeah so it's, but at the same um, time like we were pretty much dead silent i was for dialed in like, dialed in yeah it was an it's hour just, and 45 minutes of that movie just like it'll be a trend i think watching with the with this these month, with these absolutely with these with these suits these suits talking as Dave would say yeah. these suits these men in suits talking important about important people things, making important things conversations like and important dealings um yeah it just it draws it draws me and I guess what what some people would find boring which is like people are like ah there's so much talking in this movie uh in this particular genre is the most interesting parts is when they're talking I love I love it I eat it up I drink I did. the milkshake. I did bring this up to you, and I wasn't sure. Um, uh, I wasn't sure if he officially said of the decade. I knew in 2010, Tarantino said that uh, Social Network was his favorite movie of the year. But it, uh, I just looked at the article that he said it is the best movie of the decade on his list, and I'm just wow. like, you know, Gabe recognized Gabe. Like, I love that. Uh, Me too. You know what's weird, and this is such a weird. Pitcher also got his coming about it yesterday. I I feel like Christopher Nolan really used this as like a a stepping stone for Oppenheimer because I yeah. just the the two trials back and forth and everything, especially watching it. Last I can see night, that. I was just like, to me, great storytelling op- device. Oppenheimer to me for some reason is a very big blend of there will be blood and the aviator i don't know why but those are the two movies that i'm like he just i because I, I, I go to the aviator with like the true storytelling but i definitely yeah. do think I, I i think that this movie influenced story structure like you're saying definitely like, definitely i i love the storytelling i like the bouncing back and forth and then even Jesse Eisenberg saying it because I think that as a first time viewer, you might get a little bit like just in the first part when they're going back and forth, you might get confused of like, which trial doing, is this? I'm and then Jesse Eisenberg literally right says, I'm going yeah. through depos- two depositions right now. I'm sorry if I got confused. Oh, yeah. And he's saying it very at, at one point that I think they're showing the I might be off on the timing, but I feel like they're showing the Harvard like meeting and the two depositions. depositions. Like the meeting where they're talking about the systems crashing, and like they're they're moving between three like boardroom type things right now. Right, and I and I love just like thinking about like because we've seen the famous um, storyboard with Christopher Nolan where he lays out like the story structure of Memento, Mm -hmm. Um, 
but I would just love to see, you know, be a fly on the wall of, of David Finch. Cause it's still this story, the story's told, you know, linearly, but you're given these bits and pieces of the deposition, which come later in the film, but like the beginning of the film to the end of the film, you know, you're going through a pretty cohesive, uh, right. forward moving story. It's just moving forward and you're getting bits and pieces of the deposition. So I didn't end. get, I didn't get to watch, um, I only watched like maybe five minutes of this today, but uh, on the DVD you have too. So the one I have, it there on disc two. It's like how, how did they make? How did they ever make a movie about Facebook or something? Which is like a collection of like different, you know, snippets like documentary things. Uh, and just the fly on the wall statement triggered it in my mind. But it literally does feel like that. There's, um like behind the scenes of Aaron Sorkin, David Fincher, uh, Jesse Eisenberg and Andrew Garfield all sitting in like an office, like at a table running through the script and arguing with each other about like, no, 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 I like that line. Uh, you know, that line needs to stay or like, you know, like defending their viewpoints or whatever. And it's fascinating. Like wow. I was like, I got to watch this whole thing. Um, I love that creative, the, the creative process. Yeah. It, it, and it's, that. I don't know. It's like it. It got, I guess it gives you hope, you know, because it's like sometimes these conversations that are like heated or like whatever about creativity, like they go somewhere and they go into right. this, you know, like they go right. into something like this, like, and it's at some point guys in a room talking becomes something like that. Not guys, like no, humans no, in a room no, talking, you know, uh, a bunch of people, of, in, you know, like to build off of what you're what you're saying, like adver ad adversity is opportunity. And it's like we have this disagreement, but this is an opportunity to to flesh out those disagreements and collectively come up with something that's going to work. And I love that creative process of people being and being humble enough to be like, I'm not going to get mad at you so much that I'm like, I'm out. I'm going to get mad at you at like, let's get this to where it needs to be. Um, it's like Matthew, uh, Matt Damon and uh, speaking on Ben Affleck. He's like, you need that writing partner. That's like level with you, but you yeah. can also throw everything at them until they they're like, this works, like but none of this, none of this other yeah. stuff does work. But um, that's such an important part of the creative process to, to, to have that, uh, I guess, freedom and security of being like, I'm working with other creative people that I know aren't going to, run out on me or be like, I don't want to do this anymore, but yeah. I'm going to argue with and, you until it works. Yeah. You know? And compromise. Like I, compromise. Uh, yes. one of the things I found fascinating because I do look at Fincher as this like auteur that, uh, is like all controlling, but like two examples. The first is that, uh, he didn't understand because he would never write this way. Why at the end of the scene, when Brenda song, is uh burning his scarf and then like he gets on the phone and he's like you know like come i need my cfo and then she just appears and she's like you're leaving already she's like eduardo you're leaving already he's like yes and also i'm breaking up with you with or i think i'm breaking up with you but the and also part confused fincher like he's like i don't get that and he's like that was sorkinese to me like and, and Sorkin was like, no, like, this is like, you know, like, this is a good beat. Like, this is, even if it's not how people talk, he's like, understands beats, you know, like, mm -hmm. and like, the jazz, you know, the storytelling, <laughs> like, 
it's a dialogue of dialogue. He uh, understands the structure of dialogue yeah. and how to like how, it scene, how a scene should flow. Yeah. And I guess another huge argument, because uh, everyone kept bringing it up, like on the different commentaries, was uh, Jesse Eisenberg eating uh, a Twizzler and the scene where Eduardo shows or something up so important and so. Yeah, because he felt like this is like, you know, the the two things that Jesse Eisenberg felt was like he's a computer programmer, like he just likes to get protein and sugar from anything. Like that's why when he's making face mash, he's eating out of a can of tuna, like yep. straight out of a can of tuna. Um and I guess it just like Fincher just didn't see it. He's like, I don't like it. I don't I don't understand it. And it was just an argument. And I'm like, that's so strange to me. That seems in that scene. I would never think twice. I'm like, this character is just kind of cocky right now. Like yeah, yeah. in the and way also, that they were describing the scene, I don't remember who, but it was, they were describing it as like Eduardo's mom and dad and he's been out of town. And so he's been like a kid just doing whatever he wants, like playing with his blocks, which is coding. Like, but he's also just eating whatever he wants. And like, you know, just, I was I was going to relate it to like a sleepover or something where it's like you have that confident, cocky friend who's just chewing on a Twizzler and yeah. you're like, dude, we only have one life left. And he's like, dude, we got, got this. this. I'm yeah. not worried about yeah. it. And it's like that is what I attribute it to is just like the carelessness of like I'm chewing on a Twizzler or a whatever that whatever Twizzler that he's chewing on. Yeah, there's um, something and, uh, like I don't know. What you're like saying is important. Unfazed or like, but yeah, you know. but he's like, I'm completely unfazed by this and I'm doing a leisurely activity and just consuming my sugar. Um, and he was also like, that's when he woken up from what? Like, uh, uh um, Sean Parker was like, yeah. Oh, he took, he, Oh, he laid down to he a, for a nap because it was 10 yeah. hours or whatever. He coded yeah. for 10 hours. I love um, the scene by the way, when he finally is like done, uh, like doing Facebook and he's just like nods off and Andrew Garfield's like, are you praying? Are you praying right now, Mark? <laughs> yeah, Mark. But uh, boys, we feel like we've reached the uh, the mountain. We've reached that point where we we start rating. Well, we have to we have to also discuss what how we're going to rate this month, right? Like the criteria, huh? The criteria of the. Well, I think this sets the this sets the standard. If it anything. does, it really does, and uh, that's uh, kind of glad this one is the thing to start with. Um, who wants to go first? I'll go first. I think we all have the same answer, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, uh without you know, opening my crystal ball, uh, I five and five. It's a five star corporate biopic from like what I understand a corporate biopic to be right now. I've seen six out of the nine movies that we're going to cover, so there's three that I haven't seen. Um, but I feel like, and based off of the confidence of my uh, co-hosts. Um, and their love for this movie as well, that this is going to be the standard and this is going to kind of be what the other ones are aiming for, or at least in my eyes, I'm going to watch it like uh, only in the rating perspective, because I, I don't like to watch movies and compare them. But like in this podcast, we tend to do that, you know, be like, hey, you know, how does this compare to the social network? That conversation is going to come up. But I do think this movie set the standard five and five for me. Um, love it. Big Fincher fan. I finished his filmography this past year. Um, yeah, I think it's one of his greatest flicks. I think I told Dave, I have a rankings on letterbox might've moved up to two or three for me, um, from its previous spot at five. So it moved up for me. Um, but yeah, um, bravo to the cast, the crew, the director, um, 
if this is what we're in store for for the rest of the month, I'm um, I'm pretty excited. Yeah, I, I I think I would agree with you. I think I'm gonna do five for five. I think for both. Uh, I think that this movie definitely it hits. It it probably will go on a small list of perfect movies. I mean, it has incredible cinematography. The story is engaging the entire time. Uh, the acting is on another level. The directing's on another level. I I, I it, it's really hard to find a problem with this movie. Um, and I think that as a corporate biopic, it definitely. It, it kind of blends together trying to do focusing on the person that created the business, but at the same time showing the impact that the business had. And that's such a hard line to do. And I think this movie does a really solid job doing that showing it's not a movie about like, you know, Mark Zuckerberg. I mean, it kind of is, but at the same time, it's talking about, what Mark Zuckerberg created and what the importance of what he created was. And I think that that's such a, a hard thing to do, especially like what you brought up, like calling it the social network. I mean, as a kid that really didn't go through social network at that age, I don't know how big social networking was before Facebook, but definitely Facebook brought it to a whole new level. And it's just, I, I don't know, it's it's such a hard topic to do, and I think they nailed it. Hmm. And especially for such a fresh yes. concept. Like you said, only being a couple. Yeah, that's years why years. I guess, that's why I was like arguing for us to do uh, dumb money at the end of this, because it's another mm-hmm. like. Fresh. I, like when they just... captured something that happened like. It felt like, you know, a turnaround. I scratched, I scratched yeah. my butt and they made a movie about it. That mm. time it took me to scratch my butt. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm a 5'5 five five all around. I think this movie's probably like top 100 movies of all times for me, like in the top 100, top 50 probably. But uh, um, I, I, I like I like that we're doing this because I feel like uh, it's just being discussed as a genre. Or as a subgenre, um, just recently, and and it's hard to find, like no one's written the article of like how social network has kicked off this new phase that we're in now, you know? Because I think, like one of the reasons we wanted to do this, um, uh, because one of the main ones was that Chase was like just recently talking about how much he liked them, but that was because in twenty twenty three five came out, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm in hot the the beanie bubble blackberry, blackberry air, nike or uh, yeah air, air, air um, and then dumb money dumb, dumb money yeah, yeah. yeah. And there's so probably there's another fun. sneaky one in there um but it's just it's it's like a a you know i don't know if it's just like a tetris that was the other one tetris, tetris yes Six. uh I, yeah i don't know if it's a flash in the pan genre but at the time i'm liking it because i you know i do kind of like I, I like truth, you know, a lot too. Like I like yeah. to read the truth behind things, but if you can present it to me in a slick flick, you know, like I'm down for that. And I don't even care about the truth while I'm watching it. Uh, mm. Unless it's really fucking slandering someone's name and ruining their lives, you know, but typically these stories are about like pieces of shit, making tons of money. So like, yeah. 
it, you know, I don't feel too bad if the story got Jordan Belford wrong or whatever, you know. Uh, right. But uh, yeah, I, I really, really enjoyed this movie a lot, and and I am fascinated to like explore it more with the context of like this was the starting ground. Also, some um, like silver lining for our listeners um, tends to be a, a bit of a pattern. If we cover a certain miniseries, we should get a plethora of uh, corporate biopics this year, just because Podcorn's covering the miniseries. Um, I mean, <laughs> that's that's the re- thing. Yeah. a weird pattern. There was I don't know if we uh, uh, wait. The, the, there was I feel like there was one on the horizon that I was like, oh, cool. It'd be cool if that came out. Lines the up one that with I. Our, I've been seeing on IMDb forever from Seth Rogen is like Sega versus Nintendo. Well, there's also the Pop Tart one with Jerry Seinfeld. Yes, that's the one. Very fascinating. That's the one that I was telling you. Like, I think it's already in post, and I'm like, I hope that's like a Netflix movie, and it just drops tomorrow because Netflix never. Right. Like gives their shit. Tell you, yeah. yeah. Like, but if that could if that could drop before we finish the miniseries, I think you yeah, know, we'll definitely... get on it, Jerry. But uh, yeah, I'm. I'm the strawberry's the best. Don't you get it? There is yeah. no other flavors. And it's just interesting him directing a movie. It's kind of a. I'm, I hope it doesn't suck. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a good combo. I love this movie. I guess I didn't realize how much I love this movie. I just watched it three times in a row, basically. Yeah, I, yeah, was... yeah. With the comments, and that's what the great thing about the commentary is that then because it's like. If you, because uh, I did, I used to do this as a kid. I wish I'd do it now. Um, but you watch the movie the first time, and then you're like, "Well, the next time I'm going to watch this movie, it's got a commentary. I'm going to watch it. You're already familiar with it, and then yeah. you can watch it with ease and being." And I typically did it with movies I was already like Social Network super familiar with. So you're like, "I don't need to hear the dialogue. I know what's going on. It's nice every now and then when it breaks back into the dialogue and no one's talking, so you can, you know, get back well, into the story." Like- but I had watched it so recently it didn't matter for me to rewatch the actual movie, but right. watching the commentary made me realize it's like actively erasing the movie because all I can think from scene to scene is what the person was saying during yeah. that scene and not what the character is saying. Uh, but it really, I got to discipline myself to, I've yet to watch a commentary, uh, not for this podcast, basically, like, which is like one of the greatest sources of like, it's like I'll I'll watch the commentary and then go on the IMDb trivia and I'm like, oh, this is just all from the commentary. That's a, it's the original IMDb before I'm not even getting it right. Like, yeah, yeah. But um, uh, what have you folks been watching? Yeah, I, I I'll go. I mean, I've been watching a lot of the last couple months. I've been watching a lot of TV because I just went through all of True Detective. I'm on to season two of Fargo. And there's been a couple movies I've seen, but some that I do want to recommend, uh, The Holdovers, I finally got to watch that, and I absolutely loved it. Um, I definitely wanted to give that a recommendation. If you haven't seen it, watch big, it. Big uh, Oscar. Oscar yes. contender. Uh, best Oscar picture. Contender. Best actor. Best supporting actress. I, I just, I really enjoyed it, and I thought, you know, I I don't remember if Dave and I talked about it. I know it was not out yet before we last talked. The I Holdovers? Remember. No, yes, it was. I just... Yeah, I, I mentioned that I saw it on one of these episodes. It definitely sure. felt very, like, it's a great Christmas movie. Like it, oh, yeah. Or a holiday movie. That's a it's, that's a comfy movie. Yes, very comfortable, and I, I, I definitely highly recommend it. And another one I definitely... It's such a weird one, but Steve and I watched 
was the passenger, which uh, yeah, yeah, it, it's such. Well, I'm a, glad it, you brought that one is, up. It is kind of a fucked up movie, and you may you, you kind of feel uncomfortable the entire time, like the anxiety level is through the roof. But definitely a crazy movie that I actually really enjoyed. I I would I'd say it's it's funny because I haven't seen it. I've just seen a bunch of scenes from it, but uh, I would compare it to falling down. Yeah, but yes, with Michael Douglas because there's just several scenes in the movie where it, um, of the scenes I've seen from falling down, which is more than just the restaurant. Wait, scene. what? You didn't show me falling down? No. Did I show you falling down? I haven't seen it. And we watched Not it in my uh, apartment. You and before. me. I, well, know, I know, yeah. I don't think I was there, but you, me, and Zach, I guess. Huh? Maybe. Yeah, it must have been you guys. I have not seen it all the way through. I've just seen a bunch of scenes from it, but That's um, great. He- yeah, heavy I mean, falling down yeah. vibes. Well, um, it's more violent and more kind of screwed up than falling. Falling down, down is like slightly falling down's more like a level up move. Yeah, hysterical yeah. level up to like crazier, crazier, crazier. This one's more like a guy takes a guy hostage and is trying to help him be a better person because he's kind of so like insecure about himself. The guy is snapped though, but it's kind of, it, it also takes a weird Christmas uh, or a wonderful life type thing where it's like Zuzu's petals. Not that it's uh gross of Christmas past, present, future, but it's like, who's robbed you in the past. We're going to go and fix this. And he kind of makes him confront different Pro- people yeah, from it, his past. Yeah. So it's like, I kind of liked it. Um, but yeah, it, that's a recommend for me too. I'm glad you brought that movie up. I thought it was well acted too. I like the, uh, I do want to mention the actor in that since you brought it up is uh, uh, Kyle Gowner. Um, and I know him, I guess, from, he's now been in like, I mean, he's been in Red Eye, Nightmare on Elm Street, Smile, Smile American Sniper, American Scream Star. 5, uh, Jennifer's Body. He's been in a bunch of movies. Um, I guess I remember him from Haunting in Connecticut was the first movie I saw him in. But, uh, yeah, I like him. Everything I've seen him in, I like him in. Um, whether it be a, just a little bit part, but this was this is the most acting chase I've seen him in. So it was it's fun to see him get a bigger role. And that's basically what I'm just gonna recommend. There's a couple more, but I don't need to throw those in. All right, I'll go. I'll go. Um, other than uh, I've been watching um, Seinfeld. Uh, as is going on a TV journey, um, which is outstanding. Um, outstanding. Not that I'm saying anything that anybody doesn't already know. Um, but if you haven't seen all of Seinfeld, like myself, um, there are people out there that exist that have not seen it. Um, believe it or not, I've not seen it all the way. Um, I know where we are in the minority because most people I I feel like I talk to at work are like, you haven't seen all of Seinfeld, and I'm like, no, I haven't. I'm going through it right now. But uh, yeah. Seinfeld, uh, top tier chef's kiss. Um, just, uh, if there ever was a perfect show, it's, it's damn near close. Seinfeld's great. I love every episode. Uh, Dave said it famously before I started watching it. I don't think there's a bad episode. I'm in season five, almost to season six. I haven't watched a bad episode. So I agree. Um, Seinfeld, other than that, um, a couple movies that I watched recently that I really liked, um, uh, Schizopolis is one I wanted to recommend to those uh, Soderbergh fans out there who maybe haven't seen it. Um, 1996 really film. 
uh, starring Steven Soderbergh in the leading role. Uh, very manic movie, uh, crazy, uh, gorilla style. Um, but if you're a Soderbergh fan, and I, I mean, like, I mean that with like, you have to like his old stuff because I watched two of his older flicks. Um, check it out. Like, it's it's just a it's a marvel in filmmaking, like low budget filmmaking, and uh, he's just so entertaining. Um, love Soderbergh. I want to continue down that road. Uh, another one, uh, Jason and I watched uh, recently that I would give a three star just for a couple different reasons. Um, it's BMX bandits, which was an Aussie movie, um, which is kind of, uh, a heist slash extreme sport. I had so much fun with that slash movie. coming of age flick. And I really enjoyed it. I gave it three stars. That's it. I mean, like on letterbox, it has like a 2.9. So it's in that realm of, but, uh, some, some parts of the movie I found fascinating. Um, you get you get a very young Nicole Kidman who's highly entertaining and 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 great in this flick. Uh, it's only her second film, and then um, this movie uh, definitely, in some way or another, I, I wrote it in my review on Letterbox, uh, influenced Point Break. Like Catherine Bigelow or either Catherine Bigelow or the writer was heavily influenced by BMX Bandits. Uh, I'm convinced of it. But uh, yeah, that's a recommend. And then last but not least. Um. Uh, Elliot Confidential, which I watched tonight. Um, Steve and I just finished it. Yeah, Jason and I watched that uh earlier tonight before we recorded. But uh, great noir flick. Which fun fact? Um, there's no good noir flicks after Elliot Confidential. <laughs> I miscorrectly, I miscorrectly made that statement. Uh, Dave quickly, quickly corrected me. But uh, I guess what I'm looking for is uh, we need more of these. I love this stuff. Uh, which makes it kind of makes me want to watch True Detective. Uh, but I love the, I love noir. I love the detective, the femme fatale, the the convoluted story, the corruption. You know, I love all that. Uh, and uh, L.A. Confidential, five stars, man. That that flick was out of this world. I loved it. Um, highly entertaining. Um, again, one of those movies that is is almost like you're embarrassed to say as a uh, claim cinephile that you haven't seen because I think anybody that loves movies go watch L.A. Confidential if you haven't seen it. It's amazing. But yeah, that's it for me. Um, I've been I've been doing a ton of movies this year. Though I will recommend the end of or the se- most recent season of Fargo. It was fantastic. But oh, uh, you, yeah. You finished it, right? Yeah. Um I've been I've been trying to cross off a bunch of directors this year. Um to add to my manic letterbox lists. Uh, and I finished Catherine Bigelow. She has a great filmography, but the movie I wanted to shout out was Strange Days, which is yeah. on HBO, and it's fucking awesome. Like, really, really, really good movie. Walked uh, in on that one. It looked really weird and up my alley. Yeah, it's crazy sci-fi, kind of a noir. It's a neo-noir, uh, I guess, I suppose, but a really like cool concept. Um, A little bit not as advances Blade Runner. I think it's supposed to be like 1999 and this was made in like 90 or something, okay. 95. Um but uh yeah, it has like crazy themes in it too like it uh I was telling you that like it's it's strange Catherine Bigelow has made like two movies that kind of uh heavily feature police brutality and one of them's based on a true story which is Detroit which I'm not crazy about that movie and then there's Strange Days 
which I feel like somehow handles it like better than Detroit. Um, it's definitely more fictionalized and uh, fantasized, I guess. But uh, really, really good movie. Good cast. Um, uh, Ray Fiennes really crushes it in that. Um, and then, what, oh, Ishtar. It's this Warren Beatty, um, hmm. Dustin Hoffman movie. Also has a hilarious Charles Grodin in it, uh, playing a CIA yeah. agent. Um, on this one too. This movie is just—it's uh, an Elaine May movie. I wanted to finish her filmography too, and it was the last one I had. She only has four movies; they're all bangers. Recommend all of them. Uh, but Ishtar is a famous flop, and I gotta tell you, like, it's—it was one of like the most enjoyable movies I've watched wow. in so long. It's like the comedy in it is is like very like all over the place the plot's kind of all over the place but i just had like a, such a good time it's basically like two failed wannabe musicians who like have found each other mid-life and they you know glob on to each other of like oh you know now we'll make it we're a duo and uh, they end up from their agent getting a job in Ishtar, which is going through like civil unrest that the CIA is de like, you know, dealing with and a revolution is happening. And Dustin Hoffman and Warren Beatty just find themselves in the middle of this in like a total like comedy of like miscommunication. Like, love this. Um, yeah, it's it's like the stuff I really love. Uh, it's like where one character thinks is yes, it, where one character thinks something's going on, but the other character yeah, yeah. and it's yeah. like every no one's on the same page, which just leads yeah. to hilarity. Uh, mm -hmm. And it just like has so many great moments in it. There's just like a moment where like Dustin Hoffman and Ward Beatty are in the desert with like AK forty sevens in their hand, with like U.S. helicopters coming towards them to kill them, and they're just like, "Who would ever thought we'd die like this?" Or I, I don't remember the line, but it's just like such a like. I was just laughing out loud. I was like, this is so fucking good. And it's, I really do think it was like a, like a heaven's gate esque, like catastrophe of filming. And like, it just flopped in theaters and like, you know, like it's just had a bad reputation, but I do think it deserves a re-examining for sure. Um, I feel like it should be on Netflix or something. I might've rented it, but I don't think I did. I think it was on Amazon or something. Um, and then the last one I just want to uh, plug, which um, Steve watching Seinfeld, like I was like, oh, this is great that I've been watching. I've been watching a lot of Seinfeld with him, but I uh, um, finished another director's filmography, uh, uh, Nicole Holof Center, um, and she What's has that? two two S movies. Stetter? The, the... Hol Hol Holof Center. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. She has two movies with uh, Julia Louise Dreyfus uh, mm -hmm. in it. Uh, Enough said. It's just her and James Gandolfini. But her uh, the movie that just came out the, or last year, twenty twenty three, is "You Hurt My Feelings," um, and it's just a really, really good movie. I I, just, I don't know. It's another kind of like warm blanket of a movie. Uh, she's a, although like she's totally not a director of like warm blankets like all of her movies are like very intense real family drama basically yeah. uh as telling steve she reminds me a lot of noah Baumbach, but uh she's also incredible filmmaker um and i just i i i this year i started her from start to finish and that was just an enjoyable i don't always do that when i 
like watch a filmmaker or director um but it is like i don't know what to compare it to it's like reading like a, a group of novels written by someone i don't know but it's awesome to watch someone evolve you know mm -hmm. yeah um and uh yeah that's just a, a fun experience i've been realizing you know i have some blind sides some blind spots in my uh filmography completions and and one of them was female directors um and, you know being old-fashioned about genders i guess it's in it and it's uh i was like you know what just gonna start hammering them out and like it's been one of the best uh i gotta say i've been watching more four-star movies at the beginning of this year than i like ever do like wow to the point where i'm like i gotta I feel like I'm just, this is going to be the year of like avoiding bad movies. Unless it's like a theater movie. I'm like, I don't want to watch a movie if it's not like, I don't know. Perfect. But I have watched like 2.9s on like Letterboxd this year that uh, I personally gave like fours or whatever. So, right. That's why I, that, with it's the, all subjective. It is. It is. Art is in general. Art what does it art. do to mm. you? Does it mm. move yes. you personally? Mm. Yes. Uh, I like I do. Uh, I love Shia LaBeouf's uh, quote when they were like, do you think uh, they were asking him, do you, do you think gifts are art? And his simple answer was like, anything that moves you is art. And mm. I was like, I like that answer. Anything that moves you is art. Um, Smelly shit in a room that makes you be like, oh, I got to. <laughs> that's art. That's art. <laughs> moves me out of the room. So, Jeez. I, I got to flush <laughs> this. <laughs> but uh, we do have away uh, from the toilet. We do have a um, a list here that we believe is pretty comprehensive uh, i'm not going to reveal that list to you um listeners but um we got a fun mini series planned for y'all mm. where we think we will cover as we've done in the past we try to get a comprehensive coverage a good coverage a good spread this is um, unique because we usually try to go decade to decade but this is yeah, like this one's so crammed everything bit, yeah everything we have is from i mean uh, obviously the listeners yeah. as you know from from 2010 on you know we don't have uh we don't have much to look back well, this on this is so. this is also interesting because i feel like isn't this one of the newest sub genres you would say is sure, the yeah, I would, I mean, I would formalized say genre yeah. yeah i think this is this was a genre that was created by david fincher somehow um whether he intended it or not he did create something that was like people were like we got to make more of Beat. that yeah that hmm. But yeah, be interesting to talk about it moving forward. I almost feel like a weird statement, but that Sorkin has making been been making corporate biopic movies about not true stories since he started. You know, like yeah. a lot of his movies have the vibe of like, oh, we're investigating like a story and like going flashing back and forth between like a few good men. Like you know, feels like it could have been based on something or like right. Like I don't think incident. it was. I'm sorry if it was. And then, like, uh, you know, like, an American president is another good good example of just his, his writing has always been very, like, oh, just something about this, like, satisfies, like, this the storytelling. And I think that's why this genre is cool is because it, it usually has good, fast-paced storytelling. You get to see montages of the times changing, too. Like, I like seeing montages of things that influence things you know like the beanie bubble yeah beanie babies are yes. flying off the shelves you know i like seeing real life news reports Fl yeah flaming hot all like this is stuff. the new craze of all these yeah. spicy chips uh or whatever yeah uh, i love it too um we have a podcast but we also have an instagram you can check us out at podcorn in a movie um what's our next one on our list 
Is it? Uh, I think it depends right if now. it's we're doing Wolf uh, of Wall Street. Street if we're doing Wolf of Wall Street, that would be the next one. If not, listeners, then, write in if you don't think that's a corporate. Then we have a toss up between which one was released first, because when we would fast forward to 2015, it would either be Steve Jobs or The Big Short. Uh, when's the founder? Uh, the founder would be the 2016. next year. 2016. I don't want to yeah. release the rest of the list. Yeah, don't, would, don't. yeah, yeah. I don't want to say the rest of them, but the rest of them come after that. Um, yeah, it's so it's just like we're having a, a philosophical arguments about what this genre even is. I guess yeah. you know, and like maybe this, we can all figure it out Wall together. Wall Street a corporation, not necessarily, or like a something that people use every day, but it's structured like a corporate biopic. It has that same vibe, it's telling a story of egomaniac it would also Making i mean millions of dollars in the back yeah. of in the back of my podcorn mind is 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 that itch of like you've never covered never a jeez why haven't we yet because i mean Scott. this is our second venture that we just covered afraid. i'm afraid yeah well it's Dave's I'm favorite afraid. director so it makes sense uh hey well I'll, I'll speak on my favorite director. we did cover a Kubrick and I felt fine and Chase covered a Nolan. He covered a Jaws and I loved it. And obviously Kubrick's yeah. one of mine too. Nolan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So but um yeah. Thank you thank you all for listening. Um we apologize for the hiatus, the holidays, you know. It gets tend, to do, tend to do that to us. Yeah. We have to take some time to recalibrate. It's good to be back. It is. It's really good to be back. So we'll see you guys next time with another corporate biopic. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> Bye guys. Bye.